No one's touching on the handjob stories. Yeah, because the handjobs suck. <laughs> it's an un- it's, it's an, an undone un- market. We got it. We can corner the market bro. on handjob stories. <laughs> we got a corner of handjob market. Stupid. I'm a grown ass man. I don't need your fucking handjobs. I do better handjobs. <laughs> Listen up, scoop close to your host with the most Chris Smith as he boasts. We toast as we roast any little problem and we'll fix it in post. Playing devil's advocate as he hits you with jokes. Who can it be sitting next to me? Adney, your baby's dad and spitting comedy magically. Schooling all your comic book wannabes, you're gonna be hit with a hook or turn your face into a tragedy. Steve B with the chemistry, dropping recipes and melodies, recipe especially using dark humor as his weaponry. Mentally, how to know your dirty thoughts like an entity, no empathy, discredibility, discussing history, legacy, ethnicity, destiny, felonies, industry, jealousy, memories, pregnancies, tendencies, therapy, heavily, Adney, non binary. Chris Smith, I'm non-binary At me, non-binary I will tell on you guys If you rape me, I'll go to the cops And you guys will be going to jail because I regret it Fuck that song because 0010101 You were going to actually say more zeros and ones, yeah? I apologize This is the Alcoholic Cast We are your hosts I am Chris Smith To my right I got Adney And to the left Stevie August Borghese you know what's great? We got a the beer is called Joe. A little bit of foreshadow, huh? It's a new IPA. Oh yeah, I haven't tried it yet. Let me see it. <laughs> it might make you trigger, bro. <laughs> what kind of IPAs do you have on tap? <laughs> oh, oh my god, god dude, <laughs> that's so fucking funny. Did you watch last it's night's only Game of Thrones? Because of us, the IPA one fucking got me so hard. So they're referencing it. Atlanta, but we're gonna get to that. On a, a different a episode. further episode, but you'll know the joke, okay? Eventually, <laughs> you'll be like, "Oh, now I get it." <laughs> Sometimes we do that, and we go way too inside. What's and we the punch whitest, Way too many. What's muscles. the most white guy thing I could say? Oh, here's one. What kind of IPAs do you have on tap? <laughs> like that's the joke, and it's fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, it's hilarious. White people love IPAs. Hey, a lot I, of white friends, and they all love IPAs. <laughs> <laughs> I have white friends. I thought you said I love white. So I have a lot of oh, white okay. friends. Goddamn. Yeah. Oh. You don't love your white friends. That's why. What's your shout out? Uh, I got a shout out. SoundCloud follower. Jump roll. Corey Bryant. Come on down. <laughs> Must be Get related your to Kobe. Get your cat spayed But yeah. Because of that lame ass joke, <laughs> everyone turned off this episode. We yeah, just right. lost no. potentially five new listeners. No way. You guys say way more stupid shit all the time. <laughs> I, not, I in say the, not in the intro, though. The stupid shit should come later. Stupid shit comes we need to be throughout the whole game. thing. It's all stupid shit. It's all ridiculous. You hook them with stupid shit at the beginning, Adney, then they listen because they're what kind of more ridiculous stupid shit they're going to say at the end. Just like how Trump got his presidency, Adney. You hook them. You get them. Dumb shit. And then they're just waiting along. Make America great again. No, that's connecting to racism. That's what you hook them with racism. That's what that was his. You just said that, Adney. We're not even doing that. You just said that. We're just (laughs) saying lame things. No, in the beginning. No, Trump definitely. See, right now you're wasting more I'm gonna, time. I'm gonna section out that. I don't waste. I'm gonna time. section out what Adney says, and it's just gonna say, "Hook him with racism." <laughs> Hook him with racism. <laughs> just what? repeat it over and yeah. over again. Put it on the loop. <laughs> I hate faggots. I hate faggots. <laughs> I like cock. Yeah, uh, my shout out is to. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> Kevin Bryant. <laughs> Come nah. on down. I'll put yours in front of this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have no shout outs. No one has been rating and reviewing us, apparently. Yeah, That's 39. Yeah, well, yeah. Stalemate. Keep being pieces Way to plateau, fans. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking assholes. My shout-out's going to be to uh, 
Kenny and Tiffany Compton for listening. Gross. They just posted a picture the other day of them being gross. All, all in the oh, bathtub. I saw that. With yeah. fucking bubbles and I was shit. Like, you candles me? on out there, and they're like, nothing turns them on more than the alcoholic cast. <laughs> <laughs> it's a smooth jazz Eddie Burrito. <laughs> God, dude, so fucking ridiculous. That's so awesome though. They're listening. They're People are fucking to this. You know how awesome that no, is, No, that's weird. Don't that's fuck not, to whoa, this. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, no one's fucking Chris, to this. you need to be a little bit more sexual, bro. Get sexual with the audience. Oh, yeah, okay. Whip it out. Take yeah. a picture of it. Post mm. it on the Instagram. <laughs> D2B <laughs> certified. Stuff like Show them the stamp that's on your dick. <laughs> yeah, uh, you three ink. stripes. The oh fucking ink that won't come off says D2B and shit. You got to do certain things like, like this and scoot a little closer to them. Stop looking at me while you're doing that. <laughs> My eyes are closed. I always knew he wanted to give. I got bubble bath. Make sure you wash your twat afterwards. You don't want those bubbles to affect mm. the inside. Oh, or the yeah. the cheese that ladies get. What's it called? Oh what? my god! What? There was Wait, a yeast infection. And it's a thing that like if you don't like if you don't upkeep your pussy, you get like little cheese curds. Man, the yeah, per, yeah, the lady curds, was yeah, talking about cheese. it. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember exactly. And she said one of her biggest turn-ons were that whenever like she's in a relationship with a guy and that he doesn't want her to like go and get ready and it's like in the spur of the moment and he just starts eating her out and she knows that she's probably a little formaldehyde down there is one of her biggest turn-ons because it's like throwing like caution to the wind or whatever it's, like that's uh, her being that's, a rebel that's <laughs> oh my god that's like <laughs> fucking free bleeding ooh, that's ooh. disgusting it makes me feel dangerous yeah it makes me feel dangerous yeah, like never... oh wait what like fucking in public oh that's weird <laughs> But cheese curd pussy. Man, yeah, there's never, a word for it's it. It's famous. It's Freudian cheese curds. He's been writing about it for years, doing cocaine, talking about bitches' vaginas. I don't know if you're joking or not, because that dude was really weird. He was, yeah. So why would I be joking? I and why he did enough cocaine to kill a small horse? <laughs> <laughs> Freudian cheese curds. All right, Chris, let's get to the look show. It up. <laughs> Didn't we have a show to do? Get to the show. Get to the show. Get to the show. Get to the show. News, 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 the news, ah, news, 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 fucking news, the news, 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 fucking news, the news, we got some. Took him three weeks to write that. Yeah, <laughs> and all he did is repeat himself. Since the last time. It's a classic, though. Sometimes yeah, they're not, not all going to be gold, Chris. Yeah, not all Obviously. <laughs> That's going to be the most skipped track when we release the <laughs> an entire album of all the songs that Stevie's written. It's going to be like 50 songs. <laughs> it's going to be called <laughs> a fucking horrible voice, just the name of that the song. That one's going to be. Whole, that's the album. Parentheses, alcoholic ass. Oh, no. yeah. What do you want to? Oh, you want to do the logo? All right, uh, let's start uh, real quick because we got an official trailer for that the I Logan didn't watch. Movie. Chris fucked Fucking awesome! It looks of course, amazing, dude. Of course, Chris doesn't watch trailers. I hate trailers so I much. I understand. I wish I had the strength to not watch trailers so I could be surprised by yeah, everything in the it's movie. So much better. And then when I rewatch it, I'm like, then like, yeah, I would love to do that, <laughs> but I don't have that kind of willpower. Come on, Chris. you can do it. I. No. The problem is cable. I, I follow too many things on social media mm. to not accidentally nah, see some shit. It's easy. Like, you I just keeps scrolling. I accidentally media. saw so many like uh, set photos from the Game of Thrones filming. Oh, I dude. saw way too I much shit. I both of you guys went down that road. I not fucked me. up. Hell I see it says, it. spoilers, Game of Thrones. I keep going. <laughs> set, no, I just set photos. It, nope, you keep going. see it and it's there. Don't it's like a dick. It. Like You can't unsee the dick. <laughs> the dick happened. Game of Thrones spoilers are basically a dick. Yeah, it. man. It's somebody like who taking pictures who's like not part of the filming and then leaking them online yeah. and shit. And it's like it's been spoilers. It's mostly shit. Like I, I, I probably get. I, I guess that was gonna happen. Yeah. But it's still it's crazy to see it before the show. Anyways, I'm getting off point. The point is the Logan trailer dropped. Logan, another one. The third. The Come third? on, hear me out. You're gonna get a lot of people being like, "Oh, another Wolverine movie." Oh God. Another Wolverine movie. 
remember when there was three Wolverine movies? <laughs> I remember. This is the third one. So yeah, I remember when there were two? Well, he's been in every movie. Every movie that I see him in, to me, he's Wolverine, Adney. So that's <laughs> he fine. has been. Well, in, okay, he has a three X Men and then two Wolverines. Wait, so there's five. singled out. Well, there's he has his solo movies. Right, four, there's, five, there's two. And then the other one. This will be the eighth. Wow! Shut up. This will be the eighth time that he's playing Wolverine in a movie, but. If you count Deadpool, even though he wasn't really in it, his face. Although it was his face, his face was in it, yeah, and all that stuff. And he was making fourth. He was making uh, really meta jokes about how Hugh Jackman plays Wolverine. So mm-hmm. I don't know how you would do that. Hugh Jackman. But he's portrayed Wolverine in eight movies now. Three of them Damn. were solo movies with him as the main character. So Although think- you could argue he was the main character of most of the X Men. Yeah, movies. seriously. You think about it. He's basically Freddy Krueger. Like that's not like at all. Not eight at all. movies. He has claws. He has claws. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, he's not a rapist. He's not a rapist. This movie's not a rapist. He doesn't have any scars because the he's movie got Wolverine. slowly <laughs> shittier with time. He lives, I disagree. He's immortal. <laughs> I disagree. He's immortal. Lives on forever. They were good. It he was, haunts your dreams, Abby. It was good. <laughs> it got better. Then it hit an all-time low, and then even got even lower than that with the first solo Wolverine movie, Origins, which is <sighs> so god awful. And then it got better. Then it got better. That's perfect. It's Freddy Krueger. Look at Freddy versus better. Jason. Money. First class. Okay. And then got a little bit better with Wolver- the Wolverine, which is the second solo movie. And then it got way better with Days of Future Past. And it was awesome with Days of Future Past. And then fucking have him in uh, you, you just des- You just described the same form of Freddy Krueger movies. Same uh, thing. So uh, he's he obviously Freddy Krueger. Oh, it's going to suck. Then yeah. it got super high and awesome. And then they remade it and it sucked. So yeah, you're trying so hard to gold bloom this right now, and I just want you to stop, please. <laughs> Aluminum claws, Addy. Stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, I know that mentality of another fucking Wolverine movie. He's we've seen him a million times. Wolverine, kind of sick of it. But this particular movie, I'm actually really, really excited for. I'm more excited for this movie. Than I was for the other solo Wolverine movies and for most of the fucking X Men movies because of what they're trying to adapt. Uh, over the over recent years, comic book movies have tried more and more to adapt already existing storylines that were really popular, really well done, and it's like trying to not beat for beat copy everything about them, but in basically basing it off that and change what we need to change to fit our own movie universe. And what they're doing with this one is the old man Logan storyline. So in oh, case man. in case you are interested in the movie and you see you're like why the fuck does he have gray hair? He's not supposed to age. Why does he have all those scars? He's supposed to heal without with yeah. every injury. That none of that makes sense. It's all the fact that at some he starts aging. His regenerative powers start to slow down. Uh, the old man Logan storyline is one of the very very fucking like top 5 best Marvel comics ever. Have you read that one? Uh, yeah, I have. I'm, I had to read it. I don't have the actual like copy. I had to read it online, download it. I have, but a, I have a friend online that she's good looking, very good looking, old friend of mine, and she's a huge comic book fan. And she was like, oh, the only thing I don't like about it that they didn't, he doesn't look like he looked in the comics. He, they didn't age him enough in the movie. They still wanted him to be fucking Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Like, good looking. That's the thing, though. Hugh Jackman always didn't look quite. Like, Wolverine is, like, 5'6", five, 5'5". Five, five. He's really, really fucking short. He's like, Maya, your size. He's really small. And, he and like, his enemies, like especially your Sabretooth, size. would make fun of him and shit and call him, like, a runt and, like, everything. He's just little, tiny ball of seething hatred. Well, it makes sense. Like, and he was hella fucking Wolverine buff. More, yeah. He was hella buff and short. He was just stocky little fucking ball of hate. 
Matt and Sarah. then Hugh Jackman is this tall, not super buff, but incredibly ripped guy. He's like 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, so, so technically, we don't even know what the real Wolverine sounds like because it's comic books. He could be like... Well, yeah, if you watch the early never. 90s X-Men cartoon, that's what Wolverine sounds like. It's the best voice of the... It's, it's there awesome. you go. Watch that cartoon. It's still fucking sweet. By Done by Mark Hamill as well. <laughs> <laughs> the best voice actor ever. No, but um, the actual comic book storyline is fucking fantastic. It basically takes place in the distant future where supervillains have already taken over. They won. He is part of the X-Men. Like you, It's revealed... So like in, a rebellion or something? It's revealed in uh, flashbacks why he's no longer the Wolverine. But where it, the Wolverine, it, yeah, that's that's <laughs> a title of who he is, and it's like it's a persona, like how uh, Sandor Clegane he talks about how the Hound was killed this day. Uh, he is no longer the Hound. It's that exact same thing. Oh, he says, okay, okay. I was the Wolverine. The Wolverine died that day when he, he tries to he tries to commit suicide. Doesn't work. But he <laughs> <laughs> keep killing myself, but <laughs> I keep rejuvenating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck. Here's why. Um, it takes place in the future. The supervillains all banded together and defeated all the Avengers, defeated everybody, the X-Men, all of them, just about. And um, Wolverine is just like, he's just devastated. Everything's lost, and he's decided no longer to fight. No, Not only is he no longer going to fight, but he's never going to use his claws ever again. He's never going to fucking shoot him out of his hands the rest of his fucking life. He goes off and he ends up fucking finding a okay. wife. That was old me. Has, I am yeah. not Diablo anymore. He has, a, he has the same fucking thing. Yeah, he has a wife. He has kids, and he's like, oh tries, great. He's trying guess, to live. They get shot with an arrow. He's living in fucking post-apocalypse and shit. And like, basically, the United States was divided up against a bunch of supervillains. Because the uh, fucking South rised again, guys. They had like there's like back. there's they Avengers. They definitely made America great. There's again. Avengers villains mixed in with like X Men villains in this. It's like there's Magneto, there's the Abomination, uh, there's fucking uh, the Red Skull. All these motherfuckers taking over the U S. in these giant territories, and he lives in. He started living in a land that was dominated by the Abomination, and they basically have to pay rent to these motherfuckers a shit ton of money just to not be murdered and all that stuff and since he's so refusing basically to, the government he's trying not to fight yeah yeah, yeah. that's what we do uh, now uh, I pay to not get murdered by uh, the government I uh, pay not to go to jail yeah uh-huh. pretty clear yeah. <laughs> and uh they're doing that and but what happens is the abomination gets killed by the Hulk the Hulk just turned evil Bruce Banner even in his human form he's an evil guy now and he's just like fuck it fuck everything and he ends up having kids who end up fucking each other and having more kids what? so there's yeah. incestuous it's like Adam Hulk and Eve babies. story dude <laughs> yeah and there's they're incestuous Hulk creature babies. It's just Wait, they can up. Hulk out. Oh yeah, yeah. They Hulk, Hulk out, out and they're right. fucking monsters and they're insane. They're all purple and, <laughs> and they're like they're fucking different chill. colors. They're all rotting. There's flies rolling. They, they might be hulked out, but they're all like they're supportive of the LGBT because they're all different colors and shit. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like they're they're super progressive. It's actually, it's LGBTQ seven seven eight. There's a lot more letters. Yeah, you're not an progressive. Like, there's a lot in there. You just yeah. alpha, you just mixing up the outfit right now. <laughs> I'm I'm there. Number. <laughs> <laughs> like that cop episode yeah. last episode. <laughs> See what I did there? <laughs> I just but, read um, Eli's plate. What's cool is like so uh, he he has no money for rent and like the Hulk's children are like bull- trying to like muscle him like you have to get this fucking money. He ends up taking a job from Hawkeye who somehow survived. How the fuck did you survive? Yeah, seriously. I think it's because the supervillain's like, oh, he's never gonna be a threat. Let him live. But uh, who the fuck is this guy with the bow? Uh, you find out what the job they're doing is they got this crate and they're trying to uh, transport it to like a group of uh, resistance fighters trying to be a new super team. And the box is a crate of uh, super soldier serum trying to make a bunch of new Captain Americas to fight the fucking bad guys. They get fucking ambushed and it's just crazy back and forth. And these fights all happen. And uh, what you find out in flashbacks 
the reason why he gave up the moniker of the Wolverine. The day that the villains attacked uh, Mysterio, who's a, who's a uh, Spider-Man. Terror! Terrorism! He's <laughs> he, he's a Spider-Man villain. He he like he basically made an illusion. He fucked with Wolverine's mind, and Wolverine thought he was fighting a bunch of enemies and fucking went berserk on all of them. But when the illusion stopped, he realized he killed all the other X-Men uh, as along with the children mutants living in the mansion. Damn. And that devastated him so badly. He, he killed so all the fucking X-Men yeah. and all the mutants. Like, come on. Yeah. Berserker rage. Have Why you didn't it fucking met? Phoenix have have you you bitch fucking like, oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's a peacock. <laughs> she was already dead at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just in future, Chris. She flew away. She went south for the winter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can destroy the house. Have you met Joel LaRosa? Have you seen him drunk and on cocaine? No. He'll destroy all the X-Men. You don't want to. So he's uh, him being emotionally devastated by what he's done and feeling the guilt. That's when he tries to kill himself, lets himself get run over by a train and shit like that. Doesn't work. Gives up the moniker of the Wolverine, decides to never fight again, never use his claws again. You find all that in flashbacks, and then, you know, fast forward. And um, they get caught, and, like, it's just, he, he ends up getting caught. Like, the whole rendezvous with the Super Soldier Syndrome was a fucking plant. They get ambushed by a bunch of villains. Him and Hawkeye get shot in the head, and they both die. But, being Wolverine, his body slowly regenerates. He heals, and he wakes up in a trophy room by the Red Skull. He breaks out the and Red with Skull? Yeah, who's Captain America's main villain. I want oh. I, I could see him waking up like in a mantle. Yeah. <laughs> like like, <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> like this is my kill. Uh-huh. And then he's like, what the fuck's you want? And here's uh-huh. where I keep my Wolverine. <laughs> but uh and uh he breaks out and without using his claws kills a bunch of fucking henchmen like a badass. Ste- grabs Cap's shield, which is also a trophy, grabs oh. that shit, starts kicking ass with Cap's shield, fights what? the Red Skull with Cap's shield, and decapitates the motherfucker. Decapitates a ninja! Yeah! What's that? You know, no. CSI Miami, I was trying to do <laughs> Dude, that's fucking <laughs> awesome! And Captain he, Wolverine, bro! <laughs> he escapes by stealing a bunch of pieces of Iron Man's armor, and using that to fucking escape home. Hmm. So he's everything in one. Yeah, so he's awesome. all the X Men. This was like no, all the Avengers. Dude, yeah, this guy Avengers is written by the Ultimate Marvel fan, and like he was like, "I'm gonna make like the Dark Knight." And then return. he fucking paints his whole body green like Villalago, but it's different. He tries to do like basically like he wanted to do like the Dark Knight Returns, but the Marvel version, and like the closest character to that is Wolverine. It's like let's do. A version of the Wolverine when he's old. I like how he says when the closest version up. of Batman is Wolverine. <laughs> it is. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. Personality. Oh, personality. Yeah, but not. You know. You know are what you, I was going to say. I don't, I don't think you can argue with him on that. <laughs> like that's why I just... can argue doesn't mean I'm right. But I, I'm allowed to argue. Oh, the, the, okay. Trump move. Do you not right. respect. <laughs> Check your privilege, bro. No respect. Check your privilege, bro. But uh, oh. actually, when Marvel and DC did a crossover, they basically combined Wolverine and Batman. I thought Iron character. Man was the t- was the Batman basically because rich, he's a billionaire, rich philanthropist. He has mental he's, issues. He's rich. And Parents got murdered by the. Front. Those are like. Those are more like. Kind of superficial connections. It's, but it's more the of Jesus a, thing. It's like, like the, the Jesus and uh, Jesus and Horus. The Jesus and Horus thing. Basically, there's a bunch of people who parallel Jesus' life, but doesn't necessarily make them the same person. So Wolverine might have the same personality as Batman, but Iron Man for Marvel and DC, or Batman for DC, for them, that's a parallel 
bring a nice no, sort of pair. No, no, that's not really that. It's like they took the billionaire thing and the not superpowers, but using their intelligence and their ingenuity as their superpower. That's similar between him and um, Iron Man. But personality-wise, the way they act, the way they feel, the way oh, they yeah. treat others. Iron Man's way That's more very And that's what they were going for. It was like, we're going to take the, the dark. Light, we're right? going to take our darkest character of all of our fucking roster of I'm heroes. Misunderstood. And make him more fucked up. Make him more psychologically damaged. Make him having already given up for years and give him a reason to come back as the final battle, as a final chapter for this character's life. And that's really hard to do when you have an immortal character. And the, 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 the writer, whose name is, she shares the same last name as the Dark Knight Returns writer, his name is Mark Miller. Oh, really? <laughs> but, um, uh, I don't, there's no relation. But anyways, it's this great final story, and he ends up coming home with Iron Man, thanks to Iron Man's armor, and finds out that the Hulk's incestuous little fucking gremlins... Little fuck babies... Yeah, a little fucking mon- they murdered his fucking wife and kids because that's what? what happens to Wolverine and he loses everyone he cares about. And he fucking loses it. So this is all in the trailer, huh? No. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> that would be like that scene from Rick and Morty which is like, oh, and then a tomato, Armana comes and the aliens, it's, and it's two brothers battling it. It's, it, it's just called Two Brothers. <laughs> you know, like the, the cable, the Universal Cable episode? Yeah. That's basically what it would be if they did that for Logan. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying, saying why the, I'm saying why the comic book is amazing. Yeah, they're probably going to make it more realistic. Also, not, we'll get, not we'll get, we'll get to that. Thing, we'll get yeah. to that. But he comes back, finds out that they killed, and then he finally unleashes his claws, and like there's this great, he unleashes his power, incredible... You mean. <laughs> <laughs> would you say that? Would you say he unleashed his power? <laughs> As a matter of fact, Stevie, I would say That's he... That's good to know. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> like it's more intangible. Would you say that Logan, so Logan's bad. getting so old, he has no fucking idea. Hulk! Berserker Rage! But he, he like there's this racist all the colors all the all colored holes he's fucking yeah there's this great cover art like all white mutton chops and then the white fucking hair really short it's not wild hair it's really short white hair and he shows him like shooting out his claws and he's actually bleeding you've never seen Wolverine bleed until like since his origin story like from his his claws he doesn't bleed from there anymore but now he bleeds he's bleeding from there there's blood over his, his own blood all over his own claws oh, so bad and he shows, he's the, the white and look. Blood, the white and red together he has the craziest look on contrast. his face and it's like that was the cover art and it's amazing and then he ends up fucking destroying all the hoax kids and then goes after Bruce Banner himself Bruce Banner transforms and he's bigger he's, than he's ever been and he hulks out times bigger, two? Stronger. <laughs> yeah, and they fight. More agile. Of, as you would expect, the Hulk fucking wins because yeah. he's the Hulk and beats the shit out of Wolverine. And then you want to know what he does? You want to know what he does? He fights he him eats again. Him. What? Oh. He eats Wolverine. And then Wolverine kills him from the inside. Yep. Okay, but and it, let's go to his, the next topic. <laughs> his body slowly regenerates inside the Hulk's stomach and rips himself out of it. More kills tummy Hulk. hurts. <laughs> first of all, when the Hulk takes that first bite, his head's like a bite. He just off. consumes them whole. This is I this think. is what we know. Listen, if you're ever gonna eat oh, somebody, so he's an anaconda now, and you could just constrict no, people you. People have into to understand death. at home. <laughs> if you're ever gonna eat somebody, make sure you chew them. We've seen in tropes that people you survive in the stomach. He regenerates though. Like, <laughs> you got not if he's getting chewed up. If he's in half, head is literally off of his body. It's it's somehow gonna find its way through all the stomach pile. It's like, oh, this is my head. You need to find it. He can just he just grow from a fucking a little like cell from Dragon Ball Z. but it's gonna be like Groot. It's gonna take a little. It's gonna take a minute. He wants fucking. Okay, that's fair. He wants survive a nuclear bomb. By the way, 
I didn't know that. Mortal but, Comics. Wolverine <laughs> survives a nuclear bomb. What was he his doing hanging out in Japan in the 1940s, Lenny? From, like, the marrow in his bones. So, essentially, he's he in the Japan cell. in the 1940s? Like, you would have to like, completely disintegrate that, no, all of honest. his cells in order for him to not, to actually be killed. Like, you would essentially, have to, Essentially, like, yeah. Okay, all right. Uh, yeah. It's this incredible... There's still this incredible final battle with the Hulk, and it's, like, him finally deciding to get back into the fight the same way that Batman does you know the Dark Knight Returns like this fight isn't over I can't just quit and say my job is done this is a never ending battle and he ends up trying to form a team of people to all that kind of stuff did you tell Hulk he completed him it's definitely one of the very best fucking story arcs it's, it's and so much, it's so much fun no it's, it's well oh. All comic book writers now are fans. They were all fans. Yeah, because you can't just who, jump in there. Like the people that aren't fans are like the directors. Well, they don't, they don't the directors just, you made Mario and shit. That's they a they don't just fan. grab a writer off the street and say, "Hey, you want to write comics? Hey, <laughs> write hey you like comics? You know how to spell comics? You're fine. Let's get in there." <laughs> it's now like since for the past several decades, it's been these people who absolutely loved and grew up with the comics who've forced themselves into the industry in order oh, to okay. write the comics. Um, those, are the, those are always the best stories. And then regretted it later in life and then went back and sued the company they worked for. <laughs> yeah, and then they were stoked because they had millions of bucks. But then, uh, so, but obviously you can't do all that with Logan, the movie. So, guys, don't get don't get excited. There's not, you're not going to see any Captain America shield. Say, don't get it twisted, guys. I thought you were about to say, oh, really? really about to say that, for that Don't scene. get it twisted, bro. It's not going to be like the comic book. I'm <laughs> saying, yeah, but you're, I think you're going to like the movie. And after the movie, I think everyone should go read that comic book because – and buy – go to your – go to a local comic book store <laughs> and fucking spend some money. <laughs> Chris, this is my shout-out. Let's do a local comic book store <laughs> on the West 9th. Chris, or go to Amazon, whatever the fuck <laughs> you want to do. Chris hasn't seen the trailer, so let me tell you what it is, Chris. It's Logan sitting down with uh, Professor Xavier, and they're just playing chess for two and a half hours. And they're old, and they're just there hanging out. That's basically what the trailer is. It is old man Logan. You're such a piece of shit. The trailer was actually fantastic. They're diverting hugely from the storyline, the original storyline. It's very fucking different, but they are taking the key elements. They're taking the fact that he's old. But the that's fact- cool, though. I think that's different for all the comic books. It's like Clive Barker is the same thing. I want to give the audience something different. If you know the character and you and are creative... The, their hands are kind of fucking tied because... Their claws are tied? <laughs> yeah, their claws are kind of fucking tied because it's a 20th Century Fox X-Men movie and they can't make a movie with any of the Avengers characters. They absolutely can't because then it'll be a lawsuit. 20th Century Fox um, is fucking racist. And uh, they won't be able to work. It won't be able to work so they have to only use their only X-Men characters. So right there they cut off the fucking the main antagonist which is the fucking Hulk they cut that out you know they cut out the fucking Red Skull fight that's cut out using Cap Shield Iron Man stuff they, all that's cut out but, but guess who the main antagonist is the government <laughs> that's what but it is it is no it takes place in the basically a post-apocalyptic kind of place so it is fucked they're taking that like in the future everything's fucked up they're taking that storyline they're taking the fact that Wolverine has given up he doesn't want to fight anymore they've lost it's all over he tells that to uh, Xavier in the in the trailer like it's over, man. Like we've lost. That's it. He's given up hope. It's that same. So they're able to hit. They're going to be able to hit the same story beats and have the same emotional uh, journey that he has in the comic book. They have the same situations there. Yeah, He's still there's still people way. coming after him. And what they added to it, which is not in the um, old man Logan storyline, but it's in a different comic book, is Wolverine's clone daughter. Uh, Laura Kinney, oh, who God. is also known as X twenty three. X twenty three. What I don't no like about the like trailer, that, well, I don't like it's, it's post apocalyptic, right? It's him aging. It should be a lot farther down the line. 
and yet Professor Xavier's in there, but he ages normally, and that to me it kind of upsets me because it's like not really. How I mean, it's far cause it's cause, nah, forward really. is this fucking storyline? Like, how much yeah, farther like is it before it's po- yeah before it's post-apocalyptic? But he is world. one of the most powerful oh, mutants of all time. Man, you mistook it, Adney. Post-apocalyptic <laughs> because the last movie was Apocalypse. Uh-huh. Now oh, it's just post this. It just post this movie. It's right now. No, the movie's now. Nineties. Yeah, the movie's just right now. All right. Okay. Yeah, makes sense. See, you need to be more comic book based like me, Adney. <laughs> then you'd fully understand what they're trying to do. <laughs> all right, man. But it's all right, though. You come to me, ask me questions. It's alternative. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hook you up, bro. <laughs> it's an alternative story, uh, timeline. I mean, you would know about alternative timelines and time streams if you knew anything about comics. But it's okay. <laughs> Adney, uh, I know myself in an alternative timeline. He's another piece of shit. And he's questioning the other Adney about his comic book knowledge. <laughs> but, um, There's a bunch of us like Rick's. <laughs> That's really cool. And the trailer... Oh, that's the thing on the Rick and... No, Army of Ricks. Oh, yeah, dude. The trailer doesn't ever explicitly say who the little girl is. It just shows the little girl. And all Xavier says, the biggest hint is, she's like you, a lot like you. And that's the biggest hint because... Uh, Wolverine, the reason why he has adamantium skeleton and adamantium claws is because of the Weapon X program. They sculpted his fucking skeleton with adamantium. And part of that program, they ha- used his DNA to clone him into... X-23, who is just a female version of Wolverine. Same powers, same adamantium skeleton, claws, all that shit. But so people know uh, that don't know this. Um, he had already had rejuvenation powers, but he took a long time to heal. Well, yeah, his, no, his, his, his healing powers were actually stronger without his adamantium skeleton. Seriously? Yeah. I thought it was like but a having the, adama- having the adamantium skeleton may- slowed it down just a bit, but it's still almost instant. Oh, okay. But they just uh, wanted to use that to make him stronger and like... Yeah, so he's indestructible because he still... He had the claws, but they were just made out of bone and they were yeah, easily breakable. Yeah, I remember that in the, in the movie. But yeah, just... When you when you say the Weapon X program, people automatically assume he didn't get his powers. Like he got his powers from them, but he had these powers prior. Yeah, he had. They the, just he, wanted to he make. He had him regeneration. Insane. He had animalistic senses. Like, would you get, say he's an Iron Man, Adney? Uh, adamantium. <laughs> adamantium man. That's that. That's a better name. Contact <laughs> fucking Marvel right now. I knew we called him Wolverine, but it's 2016, bro. We need to move. Yeah, they, just, they just coated his fucking skin in adamant. Like imagine adamantium man. And like, that's the reason. The reason why they did that to him, of course, they explained this so many times in the movies, is he was the only mutant that could survive that because of how incredible his regenerative powers were. He's only gonna be able to survive. Keeping you alive and coating your fucking skeleton in this incredible fucking metal that you can only manipulate by increasing the heat, this outrageous fucking, like, level. So they were putting lava inside him, essentially. Hotter than lava, lava. <laughs> What's hotter than lava? Nobody knows. <laughs> it's Giant, terrifying. Uh, the <laughs> sun. The sun? I'm just going to... Put him on the uh, one-way rocket to the sun, and I'm take care of both of them. We're gonna send him to the sun. Hopefully, he comes back with you know superpowers. <laughs> Basically, what you said. That's how you would kill a Wolverine. By that's the way. How, that's the, the only way. Yeah, you have to just fucking. Shoot would him easily die. Like yeah. Magneto could easily send him to the sun. If yeah, really I know. I'm thinking to. about it. Why doesn't Magneto's <laughs> fucking up? Like, come on, bro. Magneto's fucking up. Magneto just fucking has a nice grand slam. Magneto wins. And he only has a couple hundred yard fucking range, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's like Wi-Fi. He's out of Wi-Fi zone when he sends him up to the fucking... Uh, the ozone name. layer. No, or the... I was oh. going to say the... Uh, he tries to throw him at the sun, but like... <laughs> the throw is only <laughs> yeah. so strong, so he starts arcing. <laughs> and he comes down hella hard. No, no, no. He's like doing this, the baseball one. <laughs> like, foul ball! And it, foul and ball! He, it slightly makes him move to the left, but he still falls. <laughs> it's going to make him to the Aeonosphere, okay? He's going to get him right past the aluminum clouds, and that's going to be it. <laughs> 
Oh, see, that's how I know that chemtrails aren't real because if they were, fucking uh, Magneto would be able to control them, bro. Yeah, just Boom. Maybe he is put a controlling them. Uh, he is controlling them. Put a maybe hole in is. your fucking chemtrails. Put a maybe, hole in it. Maybe he's the one flying the planes <laughs> that are doing all the chemtrails. Maybe, or me, maybe he's the one forming the clouds that need that rain over other spots. No, that'd be Storm, bro. Ooh, maybe yeah. Storm is in on it too, bro. <laughs> they're working together. I thought they were enemies. Jones should make like a comic book where <laughs> these guys got him. Well, you guys think is Storm and then Magneto are enemies, but what you There's don't secret, know behind the scenes is, is that, that the they working together. Got to Storm and they got to Magneto. Yeah. And she is bringing the clouds in from the Middle East. <laughs> and Magneto <laughs> is coming down from Germany because his kid and his wife were shot with an arrow at the same time for some reason and then <laughs> they work together and they form a cloud and the cloud is telling us that they are trying to poison his face you. is so red <laughs> yeah alex jones's face is red <laughs> he was getting in character I know, that's so you funny. guys are blind both of <laughs> you are blind <laughs> open your eyes look up to the sky and say ah 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 a Barney song. You guys never fucking did that? Oh my god, you guys suck. A Barney song? Like, yeah, remember like Barney the, Barney? Yeah, it's like Snowflakes. <laughs> oh, it's Snowflakes. I, I think I think the guy that molested Barney. you told you that. <laughs> yeah. Look up and say, ah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Out of rape, rape again. You can stop bringing us into rape, motherfucker. You, you started it. It seems like what they're going to do is be able to weave the two storylines, weave in this relationship of not just the broken man trying to find his way back to the correct way to be and like the right thing to do but also with this huge responsibility of his daughter instead of having like getting rid of all like the fanfare and like the fan service that you have with avengers characters we're going to have this incredibly emotional story something that's more relatable to like these adults now especially to people like who grew up comic book fans mm. and who've loved this stuff their whole life and they're the ones that are hardcore that are definitely going to see this movie so she's not who on now the have side? kids they're going to see this movie and now they're going to have an extra connection to it because now they have kids and they could see that i think it's going to be like a fucking star wars thing Gonna, not they're trying, trying to kill him? They're trying to J.J. No, Abrams no, 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 the no, fucking no. Wolverine trying, movie. He's trying to protect her in oh, this. Okay. And like, there's a group of people, including Draco Malfoy from Harry Potter. Uh, uh, <laughs> they're coming after. Does he have a want? Expelliarmus! Dude, he was fucking typecasted hella hard. <laughs> like, seriously, him and jo- Joffrey were typecasted. As, as a weird, like, fucking... Evil Aryan, villain, Aryan yeah. Nazi, well, well, fucking I mean, genocidal to their, son of a bitch. To their credit, they're typecasted. Yeah, but they have jobs forever now because they we have know money. what oh, role they're going to be playing. Oh, 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 You were in, you were in eight movies that oh. made millions of dollars. You were oh. the, the most successful fucking fantasy franchise ever. Oh, now you're typecasted. Oh, oh. <laughs> the actual trailer is pretty amazing because they used uh, uh, Johnny Cash's rendition of Hurt. Yeah. Oh, that's why. Veronica Genius. fucking did because that acoustic he also, version. Yeah, he also got super that, fucking old. Because of the trailer, it made me download Johnny Cash Hurt. But it wasn't through directly the trailer. It was because the trailer, Veronica Doesn't watched matter. the trailer. Veronica wanted to make a cover of the song. And then I saw it on Veronica's Instagram. And then I was like, oh, that's a great song. Oh, I wouldn't download it from Apple Music because Apple Music is tight. It works perfectly because <laughs> Johnny Cash, when he when he redid that song, I think it's a room, remake. I believe it was done by Nine Inch Nails originally. But when he redid the song. Really? Yeah, yeah way it was different. By a, it was by a very new band. And yeah, I think it was Nine Inch Nails, but that I mean that's an older band, but still like he Johnny Cash well, was compared super, to him. Yeah, super old when he redid that song and that's why it was so fucking heartbreaking because it was after his wife had passed. So he was already alone and unhappy and fucking heartbroken 
and he he fucking did the song Hurt. And, and that's why there's so much emotion in it. And so of that's course, good. I love that. And of course, like all art, uh, that song could be interpreted an infinity amount of ways. It's yeah. meant like a million people can interpret it, whatever it relates to It's a to metaphor. It means secret. <laughs> <laughs> Who did you say? <laughs> Nine Inch Nails. Yeah. Nine Inch Nails song, yeah. It's a that's foreshadowing. <laughs> he said that because so we're going to do that topic. No, no, it's foreshadowing. We foreshadowed earlier with Wolverine. Nine Inch Nails on Boy, that's what we're talking about oh, now. Right, there he goes again. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that you're was on, good. You're on a good one today. You're such a piece of shit today. Oh, Goddamn. God. <laughs> uh, yeah. And take some alpha brain or something so I can catch up. Jesus, uh, dude, that's fucking. The song, snake oil. The song, <laughs> the song over the trailer really feels like it's a man ready to give up. It's a man who wants to. I'm down to my last legs, but instead of being fully quitting. I'm now going to fight again, but this time it's all just for you. It's yeah, something for, to fight for. I'm gonna. Yeah. I have something. Yeah, I have something to fight for, like Stevie just said. And I'm going to die now. Now I'm ready to die. I will give everything I got because now I have a reason to fight. I didn't have a reason for a very long time. That reason's come back into my life. I have something to fight for, and I'm going to do everything I can to protect it. That's the same story of Wolverine with his now fucking clone daughter that he's found out about. Same story I, with Batman for Alfred. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, uh, I think it's gonna be fast. I'm like really excited about the movie. I think it's gonna be fucking awesome, unlike too. so many X Men movies. But uh, I am. It's gonna be great. The commer- the fucking trailer. We figured out trailers so hard. Oh, like trailers are the best. Oh yeah, just take fucking whenever you record and put a fucking classic song in front of it. We just yeah, discovered yeah, this. Suicide, suicide Squad changed the game, bro. Oh really? Really? It because did. that rendition of Queen's song makes me want to puke. Well, no. Because you get Pete Wentz and Panic at the Disco remaking one of the best songs ever made. And it's Pete fucking Wentz. How dare you put Pete Wentz on Freddie Mercury's fucking I can fucking agree with that. I agree with caliber. that 100%. But you don't I didn't own say me, remakes were all that great. But the you don't own me one. Okay. Good. That's it's pretty fair. good. I'm yeah. not going to argue against that point about don't cover Freddie Mercury and then anyone listen to that cover. Listen, listen, I'm not going to say don't don't cover Freddie Mercury, but I will say don't cover Freddie Mercury. No. You know what I mean? Like, dude, like, you can't you know touch it's, him. Specifically, look, look, don't look, touch him. Look, I know... I know the future. You don't do that. I know the Sistine Chapel is a great painting, but have you seen my version of the same thing? Exactly. Exactly. Thank you. It's with Put six fingers. We're done. That's what he did. He remade. He made. It's remade. an homage. Appreciate me. He remade the Sistine Chapel with stick figures. That's what Panic at the Disco did. How upsetting is that? And added don't, more dicks somehow. Don't you even fucking touch Freddie Mercury. All right, um, so mad. All right, so that's my current event that I wanted to bring up was just the. Uh, Acknowledge Logan Trey. I know that a lot of people didn't know what the fuck was going on. I wanted to try and clarify a little bit of why it's going to be amazing, why it's cool that he's old, so do you think and why he's old. I you think like, not only that, why, but mostly why it's interesting and cool that he's old, not just why is he old. Like, it's, there's actually a really cool reason behind it. Movie will go in-depth on it. It'll be fucking amazing. So these but, ones aren't money grabs. It's not just like filling his contract to make sure, okay, we're really passing, the, tor- the, I mean, it's a passing like of the torch movie. It's cool. a passing of the torch movie, right? It doesn't feel like a pass the torch because it's going to be hard to pass the torch when, like you said, like, he was in Apocalypse, and the next movie is going to be like the continuation of Apocalypse. Like you already established that Wolverine is played by Hugh Jackman, 
that means that he's gone and you can't use Wolverine in your next movie. Like, oh, you, yeah, like you have to do another timeline fuck X-23, up. X-23, I thought and, that would be like... But she's in the future. No, but she's in the oh, future. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's, well, it's all not... these futures and past I know, it's I fucking don't know. It's opposite timelines. This is a fucking... It's a brainstem. <laughs> I, what, what did I say earlier, like five minutes ago? I don't know. Maybe if you knew a little bit more about timelines uh, and time <laughs> yeah. Maybe if you knew string theory, you'd be able to get the movies, bro. <laughs> Oh, you don't get the movie? The multiverse, bro! <laughs> you watch Rick and Morty. Why don't you read a fucking the science e- book and educate yourself? You, you sound like a fucking retard. Oh, you watch Rick and Never Morty. Never heard of the multiverse. <laughs> you watch Rick and Morty, but you can't understand Every the X-Men movie? Every season is different in the multiverse. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> what I really love about the new Wolverine movie is that he's gonna fucking fight! He's gonna uh. fight fucking Tog! He's gonna fight fucking Tog! He's gonna fight fucking Tog! Then he's gonna chop, chop with his claws, fight! Fight fucking talk, hey Wolverine, fight fucking talk, hey you Jackman, fight fuck talk, hey you fight fuck and fight and talk. Fight motherfucking talk! I know. We are coming at you heavy this week. Coming with at some you, fight yeah! Talk. If you don't like fight talk, you might as well just start skipping because no, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fight or talk. Or you could tune in and start to get into fight and talk. educate yourself. A quick little current event about Fight Talk. So we all know, or I've, I've always been um, ranting about how the UFC has made a deal with Reebok. They're like sponsors or whatever. So yeah, this guy fucked up. named Fabricio Verdum, he's one of the greatest heavyweights in the world right now. Sounds and like a probably Marvel character of dude. all time. should have yeah. let it with that. <laughs> so Fabricio Verdum used to be, well, was until, I want to say Tuesday, um, he was a commentator for all of the Spanish and the Portuguese channels that air UFC. And so, not only do you have someone who's really knowledgeable on the sport, you have somebody who knows what the fuck that they're talking about. He also speaks three languages, English, Portuguese, and Spanish. And so, you're taking this guy. He came out on Tuesday and he was like, I cannot fight for the UFC anymore because they... because." The Reebok sponsorship deal. Yeah, it's a monopoly. He comes out over like, this is completely ridiculous. I used to make over six figures or close to six figures from just my sponsors, and now I get five thousand dollars from Reebok. Oh, I can't keep fighting fuck. like this. Like I, I fuck have to. That. We oh, have to brain do damage. something for about brain damage. Here's five. And it was just like a little tweet, and it was just something like the Reebok deal has completely um, changed my value on life or like what I can do monetarily. And he came out and he said it on. Twitter. Within an hour, he was fired from all of his commentary what? duties, and they're actually trying to now leverage in that they're not even going to give him a fight, and they're going to make him wait out his contract that's like, I think it's like a three years. It's like you fight either six times within these three years, or you like can wait it out three years, and then you'll be released or whatever. They chopped off his penis and gave him ten bucks. Basically what they did. It's crazy. Same so thing that, I touched on last week. I just wanted to touch on the sponsorship being a horrible deal. You have this great, great commentator who is the voice of Spanish broadcasts that's their Joe Rogan and they literally fired him over him simply tweeting this Reebok deal is bullshit which Almost everybody is. I don't believe that social media should ever have. Like, fuck you. I hate that social media has to do with your job at all. The problem was that he was exposing a problem with something that the powers that be put in place, and the powers and be couldn't have that. They made an example of him. Yeah, that's what they said. Oh, you want to speak up for what's right? We're not having that. 
fuck you. We're going to fucking completely annihilate your career so no other fighter will dare speak bad about us so the fans don't get mad about us and we don't have to change anything. Because we're going to, because the Reebok deal was good for the powers that be, people in charge. This is the problem with having like one giant organization that controls everything is because of the power drunkness. They get a little too carried away. They do stuff like the Reebok yeah. fucking so deal. So would you say... Dana White is Hitler? Not anymore. Okay, I want to just throw this out there because Dana White and Lorenzo Fertito sold the UFC for $4.3 billion. We just talked about that. We talked about how that's bad because it's not going to be people people looking at it as just a way to make money, not I'm in love with what this art form is. And what's really bad, and like I've talked, I've said so many times about like like a lot of the problems with boxing is these political things. It's always the political shit and how it boxing shoots itself in the foot and how it would be so much easier that if we had one giant uh, umbrella thing that was taking care of all of the boxing and like saying, oh, there's only one belt per weight class and the best have to fight the best and these fights have to happen and like could clean up so many things that are wrong with the sport. And that's the good part of what the UFC has done, making that new model of, oh, no, we're going to go like the NFL route of having one organization that controls all the top tier shit. The problem is, just like the NFL, UFC is now run by these people who are just making money and they're going to do things that fuck off the athletes and the fans. And it's saying, oh, well, it's just it's to make us money like that fucking Reebok deal. And as soon as somebody fucking says anything which that's one of the best things about combat sports is the fighters are allowed to say whatever the fuck Mm -hmm. they want and they're so out there and honest about everything they say and when you got a guy who's not just a fighter who's gonna say whatever he wants to say in post fight interviews but he's a blow by blow man and he's a fantastic blow by blow man and now he can not only do it in English but he does it in Spanish the second biggest fucking market and a third one in fucking Portuguese where it's fucking huge in fucking Brazil like that's enormous three fucking languages guys rocking it all plus fighting and commentating and a fucking good he's fucking like he's all these He's, he's fucking Mario Lopez, he's Mario Lopez, he's Jim Lampley, he's Max Kellerman, yeah. he's fucking Roy Jones Jr. He's all these things, and yet because he got fucked from going from six figures. hundred. He said he made 100000 from one patch on his shorts. There'd be one sponsor that would what? give him 100 Collect, Yeah, so, so hundreds Over of, a year. So, Over a like, year. Hundreds yeah. of thousands of dollars a year got cut down to five grand. That is fucking and and a I fu- have a certain lifestyle okay you <laughs> see well it's, it's you five grand fight, so <laughs> let's, let's call it 20 let's say he fights three times in a year maybe he gets fight of the night bonus we'll call it 20 but, but the sponsorships still. is where the money's really coming from because exactly. they want there because millions of people are watching and yet, it now you all not, have to yeah. do Reebok that cuts everyone's fucking money it means that Reebok is what Reebok's the only brand in the world fuck that's so dumb what's NASCAR is going to do the same thing. Remember right after the Reebok deal happened and one of the fighters, I forget who, had Reebok shorts that kept falling down? Yep. Uriah Faber. Yeah. Yeah, the California And it kept getting hella mad and it was like, it was an analogy for them failing. Yeah. (laughs) What's really funny is Reebok isn't making any money off of this deal. It's not like Reebok sales started fucking jumping out of the roof once they signed this deal with UFC. So if anything, Reebok's actually losing money because they are paying fighters. What's a shitty company no like Kmart sponsoring any, them? You like, know what I mean? Because now they're, they put in all this manufacturing for all these fight kits. And so you can get a fight kit and the fight kit, 65 bucks or whatever, comes with a shirt, shorts, and like some hand wraps or, or an ankle tape or something. And no one is buying anything because 
the fans are seeing because Fabricio Redooms, the Uriah Fabers, all these guys are coming out saying that this Reebok deal is bullshit. So the fans aren't buying anything from they're Reebok. Actively acting against the sponsorship, I say. But and that's activist, the best. They're the best kind of voting is voting with your dollar. Yeah. It's the most effective. Whether no, you like it or not, definitely. we've talked about this since the beginning. The most effective yeah. way to vote for anything is with your dollar. Like yeah. we talked about with movies all the time. Best way to vote for what movie you want appreciated. Pay for it. Vote with your wallet. Also, you, yeah, when it comes know. to politics, whether you like it or fucking not, the people with the most money have the most impact on politics and the way the world is run. Money, voting with your dollar is the most effective way to do it. And by fans not buying Reebok, there's a chance that that contract, when it's up, will not get renewed. I, it I, will I, go I back. Which I I wanted to relate to that. There's, I'm saying there's a chance it could happen. Mm -hmm. It's possible. It probably won't. No, there's no way. After... The, the UFC is getting so much backlash right now and over this past year. I'm just going to go out here right now and yeah, say I'm this. I'm saying that they'll quit then because yeah, of the backlash. They're not going to have the Reebok deal, but 2017 is going to be the worst year for the UFC. I'm going to call it right now because they're completely... 2013? 2017. 17. Next <laughs> like, year. Why, why so this 13? year was the biggest year for the UFC moron. because they were, <laughs> they were putting on great fights, all these events. You have Conor McGregor. Conor's taking an entire year off next year. Ronda's about to fucking retire. Those are two of your biggest yeah, those, and they those just are, bought the company those are the two I know for about. four so fucking billion dollars. On top of that, they're going to all of their UFC headquarters and cutting the staff in half. So this new people, this WME Entertainment That's, that's group, a practice that all businesses do. They right. fucking trim the edges. You watch Office Space. Same thing. There yeah. you go. So they're looking for reasons to fire people to save money to make that bottom line exactly. better. Unlike the people who originally started it who are all about, oh, I just love this sport. Lorenzo like someone was like, in debt. Somebody like, and, go ahead, go ahead. And also people like Eddie Bravo who has his own rules and he wants to incorporate. He's like, you don't have to pay me. Just acknowledge just that them. I'm the one that made those rules. That's yep. all you gotta do. Don't even pay me because I care about the fucking sport. That was my current event. God, that was so depressing and sad. I know. It's uh, so uh, to actual just fight talk, upcoming fights, because at the end of the day, these fucking sports, are the politics of them are so poisonous and heartbreaking and they hurt us so bad and it's so frustrating, but it's the fights that keep bringing us back. Yeah, at that's the, the, the problem. At the end of the day, <laughs> these incredible, remarkable athletes that put in all their heart and soul, put their lives on the line, even though guys die every year from this kind of shit. They still provide sh Yeah, there's some dull fights here and there. There'll be some hyped-up fights that end up being not exciting. Maybe they're Pacquiao. No. But, UFC 200. But there's always going to be those incredible barn burners and those incredible, exciting, emotional fights that get you back into the sport. Um, <laughs> that wasn't me. That was the dog. <laughs> um, this past Saturday, we had a fight. It was nothing. Just incredibly emotional. It was a must-win fight, and it got... Intense between two Puerto Rican fighters at one point, oh, I both seen as future stars. Uh, one of them, Orfredo Vasquez Jr., son of a legend, but of course he's the son of a legend, which means he's only half legend. <laughs> um, he like he had a belt for a while, got beat up really bad by Nuno Donaire, ended up losing a bunch of fights by knockout, and he was like, "Oh, this guy is done. He should probably retire." Meanwhile, there's a guy named uh, Juan Manuel Lopez, nicknamed Juanma. Wama. He, he was Wama. like this huge, like, everyone's like, when Miguel Cotto was at his peak, they're all, all right, well, there's this other guy coming up, and he's about to take Miguel Cotto's mantle as the most popular Puerto Rican fighter. He's in, he's absolutely amazing, and he's knocking everyone out, and he, he still has, like, fucking, what, like, 23 knockouts and 27 wins. Like, huge puncher, exciting fighter, but he was vulnerable. Didn't have a good defense, 
that would made him even more exciting is when he fought elite level guys and the guy when he moved up in weight and fought better guys, you'd see him get hurt. You'd see him drop but come back and win by knockout like That's Felix gangster. Trinidad did. That's heart. Just like Felix Trinidad did. And Felix Trinidad is the biggest boxing star that Puerto Rico has ever had. Puerto Rico, by the way, just a little tidbit, pound for pound the best boxing country Puerto in the world. Rico, Andy. Puerto Rico. Puerto whatever. Puerto um, Rico. Don't fuck you. I'm, let me try it. <laughs> Can I try it? Cultural appropriation, and let me try. Oh, baby. Come <laughs> the proper way to say it. Yeah. But um like they just constantly churning out top level fighters. And there's such a small place it's unreal. But uh he ended up running into a guy that I've talked about a lot in the show, Orlando Salido, the fucking badass who right. beat up Lomachenko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he ran into Salido and got knocked out twice, just destroyed and was never the same. Lost a bunch more times by knockout. These guys are at a crossroads and they fucking hated each other they didn't like it already you're in a bitter position because this is a must-win fight my career is on the line my my career my ability to make money is like gone almost i have to make money and this guy's in my way i have to go out and destroy him not only that but they just they absolutely like had this personal fucking rivalry between the two of them have they fought before no and they've just had like they just and they've said like that motherfucker repulses me saying shit like that they fucking just the fight starts and they're going at it like Rudin and Vasquez is up on points early, but he starts to fade. Juan Ma's punching power starts to show itself. He's hurting Vasquez. And in like the I think, uh, 10th or 11th round, he hurts Vasquez hard, drops him, fucking referee counts it. The fight's over. Juan Ma won the fight. All right. He won. He beat Vasquez Jr. And in his elation, his excitement of getting this huge knockout in front of his hometown fans, he starts stomping on around the ring, screaming, and like his his body is like flexed and tense, so his arms are down. They're straight, and his fists are pointed down, and he's just stomping, going ah! And he starts stomping towards Vasquez's corner, which already at that point, Vasquez's trainer had jumped onto the apron, through the ropes, and was walking towards his fighter. Saw Juan Ma walking towards him, and Juan Ma, what I think what he was trying to do was just walk over to him and yell in his face because he didn't like him. What? Look, if you watch the video... Look I like, watch... We're about to pull it up right now. Who's the now. first one to throw a punch? Wanma. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Then we watch a different video. That's what I'm going to say right now because I'm going to bring up one right now. Maybe we're thinking about a different it, fight. I'm sorry. Like, I didn't... There's not a different fight. It's the same fuck. I know the fight. He does. Uh, he goes things over there, and then like when he gets close to Vasquez's trainer, Vasquez's trainer throws this really fucking sweet check left hook. Oh, it's such Just, a sweet left. Bam! Short and compact, <laughs> right on the fucking jaw of Juan Manuel Lopez, and he falls up with a little right hand, and Juan Manuel Lopez actually falls into the ropes. Oh shit! Oh no! He the trainer's fucking him, gangster. The trainer. well, first of all, he's, the trainer doesn't have gloves on, and I don't yeah. think that Juanma was thinking he was gonna come. Like oh yeah, fire, Se- there's several dude. factors: a, no gloves on the trainer; b, Juanma didn't see it coming. Like I said, he was just stomping around screaming. He didn't think a punch was gonna hit him. See, his mouth was open, so that hurts even more. And he had just been in a brutal 11 fucking round fight. Like, he never had the best stamina. Dude, he is absolutely just weakened. Like, I think if they would have fought, the trainer would have won. And that, like, and, uh, like, just knocked him out for real. But he knocks, he gets knocked to the ropes. But then right, he immediately, here, he immediately, right he immediately jumps we're back. And, right and him and the trainer just start trading this fucking shots. Fight, right? What I saw was Wanma put this, put uh, Velasquez. Velasquez. Against the ropes, and he fucked him up against the ropes, and the ref comes in. He catches him with, like, a left hook or something to the body, and he's falling down. Like, he's he's done, in my opinion. 
But what I read and what I what I had seen oh, online there, look at, or, sorry. was that the the trainer was jumping into the well, ring. He was jump was like waving well, his the, hand. All the, oh, right. like, oh shit! Wanma <laughs> was already walking towards the trainer, and then the trainer fucking put him up. The trainer was ready for it. The trainer like saw something. I mean, up. to the be trainer, honest, I would have been... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> these are guys who train their whole lives to fight. It's, so naturally... It's terrifying. They're fucking ethnic, ethnic people coming at you <laughs> with gloves on that are black. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> the trainer like gets his hands up like, what the fuck? And then Wama, I think Wama saw that and was like, what? And like tried to cock back a little bit. But before Wama... Oh, kind of like one of those like flex. Yeah, he like tried to... Like, maybe, he, maybe he was going to throw. Maybe he was going to throw his hand in the air. Maybe he was going to try and scare him. I don't know. Maybe he was like, oh, you want to step up to me? Fine, I'll knock your ass out too because he's so filled with emotion. Right. So Wama, so Wama saw him and then he was going to swing. He, I don't think he went over there with the intention of just starting to chuck him. I think he Going got, he saw over him. there to hug the opponent and yet he gets punched in the face by that to me. <laughs> this angel. That's just rude. That's just fucked up. Okay? But that train, the trainer was like, what? And then as soon as Wama tried to cock back a left, the trainer was like, all right, check hook left. And then with a straight right hand and hit him with a total of three <laughs> really well-timed, well-played, incredibly accurate, right on the jaw. Really nice left hooks. And it ended it with the right hand, straight right hand, right to the chin. It, it didn't hit the chin perfectly. It kind of grazed on the bottom of it, but it still hit him. Yeah. Like, the trainer wasn't fucking right. No, the trainer was ready to go. Now, my whole question is, whose fault is it? Is it... Is it the fighters for going over to the corner, or is it the trainers for swinging? I think like, it's Reebok's fault. Because <laughs> <laughs> I think this whole thing could have been easily avoided yeah, had he Reebok not gone over to the yeah, corner. See, bro. Yeah, it's easily avoided every other fight that happens. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I think it was uh, it's part of the hatred, the part of like the real visceral hatred. That's like, inherent. I bet you he hates that trainer just as much as he yeah, hates that Yeah, because there's a lot boxer. of shit talking back and forth. Like, if I'm, like, okay, let's say me and you were fighting, right? Me and you start talking shit. Stevie's gonna jump in and fucking hate you for talking shit about me, right? Mm -hmm. I'm hiding. So man. naturally, now there's hatred between you two, even though it wasn't even supposed to be. I'm a little yeah. John of the of Adney and I. <laughs> so like, group. so there's that, and I think that yeah, <laughs> Wanma should not have walked towards him at all. Yeah, well, you like if you're gonna like there's a there's, there's a different like something that like probably the best post fight thing. One of the best post-fight moves I've ever seen was Miguel Cotto. After he got his revenge on Margarito, who was this vile fucking cheater who put plaster in his fucking hand wraps. Yep. What did he do plaster after the Paris, fight? Right? He stood in like the center of the ring, just walked slowly to the center of the ring, stared at Margarito while he was standing in his corner, and the doctors were all checking him, and just stared at him. Just stared him down. I'm like, I just knocked you the fuck like out. Fucking Hannibal I just Lecter. Stop. That's revenge. Mother, like, just, just that's gangster. In the most Terminator, <laughs> emotionless face. Because Miguel, <laughs> Miguel Cotto really doesn't have any emotions at all. He is a fucking robot. I swear to God. But uh, he was just stared him down. It was fucking amazing. Like that's something that's bad as you could do. But Wamba was, was so. The, the guy that went Antonio Margarito. Sitting, sitting in the ring. No, the other Miguel Cotto staring at Antonio oh, Margarito. But um, yes, I was gonna say hasta la vista, Miguel Cotto. <laughs> Stupid. Uh, anyway, um, that's not, that's like something badass and visceral and amazing you feel. And 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 in these combat sports, hatred does boil up a lot. A lot of the times it's artificial. A lot of times there's no hatred, just respect. But there is this hatred that boils up when you have the rival. When you have a guy like Juanma, whose personality was always different from Miguel Cotto when he was coming up. The reason why people were like, oh, no, you should get on the Juanma train because Miguel Cotto is shy. He's an introvert. He's not going to be outspoken and fun. Juanma is. He's super outspoken and he's elated. He's an introvert. He's great. 
that reckless and wildness that made him endearing to fans in the beginning, that made him uh, defensively irresponsible, is the same thing that drove him to fucking scream like a wild and fucking wild animal and run towards the, his fucking opponent's trainer to scream in his face. And he got caught with one. And he started swinging it back, and they swung at each other for a second. Uh, yeah, they did. But, I mean, this isn't the first time it's happened in boxing where, like, a coroner and a fighter got into a fight in the middle of the ring. That's, That's not the first time crazy. it's happened. happened with Floyd Mayweather and Zab Judah. Like, this is a thing that happens sometimes, and it was just kind of fun to fucking crazy. Like, holy shit, is that happening? Uh-huh. Um, it's like your Freddie Roach getting in there swinging. All right. <laughs> 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 he's a little, a little too Parkinson's for that. And <laughs> anybody who hit Freddie Roach is going to get Fuck by up. everybody. everybody. <laughs> by everybody. You know how many great fighters at the wild card? Dude, they will, someone's going to get murdered. Dude, he's one of the most respected fucking trainers of all time. Oh, yeah. Like, Freddie Roach is the one that I know more than any Are other trainer. one of the greatest trainers ever. Yeah, yeah, so there you go. He speaking would get fucked up. Of Fre- I'm going to get fucked for saying that he's retarded. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Freddie, there is a fight this Saturday between Manny Pacquiao and Jesse Vargas. As in this Saturday or this Saturday? By the time you hear this, it would have already happened. Uh, you know, Mara for the welterweight title. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's this Saturday. It's the fifth. It's the fifth. That's what I just that. said. No, but Chris said, "Is it this Saturday or this Saturday?" And I just no, said, he, by he the just time you hear this, oh, okay. he it would have already it. happened. You would have seen Manny Pacquiao win a one-sided decision, probably a couple knockdowns, and <laughs> last of the distance. So wait, whatever. hold on. Pacquiao's fighting this weekend? Yeah, I I, I haven't heard shit about it. Well, yeah. uh, leading up to the Mayweather fight, that's all I, I think fucking part heard of about. Part of that, yeah. Well, that was. Come on. Yeah, because Pac-P. But come dude. on, it's Pacquiao. Pac- if he can fucking dude, do that Pac- with Mayweather, Pac- like, Pac- why, why, isn't it, why isn't there so much promotion behind Here's him Here's the right thing now. is that's the two best fighters of the generation who have been who've been circling each other for five years. Okay, that's fair. The fight that everyone who doesn't even know about anything never watches a combat sport in their lives, they knew about it. So, yeah, it's kind of – and then he lost, embarrassingly, one-sidedly. And uh, – he ended up fucking like retiring for a bit, like or no, he came back, fought Timothy Bradley, dominated Timothy Bradley, but that fight wasn't talked about much. I don't even know, right? even though yeah, even though he dominated a top ten pound for pound type kind of guy, Bradley's an elite level fighter, and he's kind of retired now. He hasn't fought since that fight. I think he's kind of done now. I think he's kind of done with fighting. But that guy is an incredible fucking box, incredible boxer. Bradley is. Pacquiao dominated him and then said he retired. This is his comeback fight, but the fact that it's against Jesse Vargas. That's why no one gives a shit. That's why I don't give a shit, really. Hmm. Jesse Vargas. Jesse Vargas is the Vargas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I missed that opportunity. <laughs> You're doing your own head, bro. You can't make the... <laughs> Jesse Vargas is the fucking president of the Mongols. <laughs> he, is, he is Hispanic Latino. Um, <laughs> because 90% of the Mongols... <laughs> we're all boxing fans here. <laughs> but... Uh, um. Jesse Vargas, uh, he's ranked eighth at welterweight. Solid guy. He's solid. I mean, he's like more of a fringe contender, though. I mean, the only reason why he's in the top ten is because fringe outside of the top like, fringe. six it guys. Like you said French. <laughs> no, fringe. What's, what's a fringe contender? A fringe contender is a guy who's just either just barely made the top ten, or is just just can, is always in the top fifteen on the around there. So just on the line, just can't quite make it. And it's like, oh, that's a top contender. Uh, You're never gonna say, oh, that, that, that's a top contender. Should have been a contender. Like <laughs> all of all of his wins, like against any kind of quality fighter, were barely by the skin of his teeth, and he got a lot of hometown decisions in his career. He fight. He grew. He fought out of the Mayweather uh, boxing club. You know, he's one of Mayweather's like, oh, he's uh, on stablemates. Yeah, he's he's uh. Oh. I think he left the gym since a few couple of years ago, but that's where he got. He came up 
uh, being promoted by Floyd, fighting in Floyd's gym. He's from Las Vegas, so in Vegas, he got a lot of these hometown decisions. And then his first real step up in class was against Timothy Bradley, and Bradley just dominated for 11 and a half rounds. Vargas landed a big right hand in the 12th that hurt Bradley, but Bradley survived finished the fight, and it was 11 and a half rounds to half a round. That's how the scoring was. Damn. Uh, Vargas, he's – and I think that it's going to end up – like by the time you hear this, I really think it's going to be Pacquiao won a unanimous decision against Jesse Vargas. Dropped him a couple of times, of course, because he's Manny But you Pacquiao. don't think you'll get a TKO? You think no, you'll go 12? I don't think that, I don't think that the destroyer that was Manny Pacquiao is there anymore, partially because of age. He's lost a step or a half step. He's not as ferocious, and part of that, I think, his personality has calmed down, so he's not as eager to get the knockout. He's he's okay with going 12 rounds. Well, yeah, because now he's over here being politician. What's up? I've got to grease he this down guy. His pace. He doesn't throw as many punches anymore. He doesn't do him with. He doesn't load up on those punches either. Well, is he dodging he's, more then? He's, is he being more defensive now? Yeah, or no? he's he's being more judicial with his shots. He's because he realizes his age. He's realized he's messed a step, I think, and so he's adjust his style to mat, to keep pace and keep winning fights. By not being as ferocious, not the 2009 absolute monster. When he tried to be, after 2009, when he tried to be that monster, what happened? He got knocked out by a single right hand from Juan Manuel Marquez in 2013. Can we just just talk about this for a second? Imagine if this is America. He's a professional boxer and a politician. Like, how fucking badass would that be if Gary Johnson was like, yeah, I got a fight coming up this week, you know what I mean? I would be voting. That means I would actually go out and, like, cast a vote right now. (laughs) (laughs) For the fight game, homeboy. I'm not going to vote for that guy. I'm a fight fan. I'm not not picking between a giant douche and a turd sandwich. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm I'm not doing it. It's some lady who believes in crystal healing. And then Gary Johnson, (laughs) fucking, he's insane. Like, he just nuts. doesn't know what the Middle East is. Oh, they're there's the Middle in, East? They're what, all what insane. Is that? Gary Johnson doesn't want to put money behind climate change, so f- I fucking don't like him because of that. It pissed me off. Yeah, dude, Leo needs to give him a fucking talking to Leo, Leo, Leo ran, guaranteed. Here's why. Here's why Leo versus nope. Arnold Here's why he 2020. Win. Here's why he wouldn't win, because he's single. Well, between America, now and then, that could change. Reason, America can't handle a single guy. They need to have this guy who's married with a family, the perfect family of the white picket fence type thing, that idealistic version of the Placerville. Now, that's how you get Bill That's how you get Bill That's how you literally, he's in the Oval Office getting head talking to his exactly. wife. Exactly. In, in the oral <laughs> office. In the oral office. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking check your privilege. Oh boy. And watch your mouth. <laughs> Says that to everyone. <laughs> this is now uh, that, the we, oral we, office. Chris, we recognize that as a problem, but the, uh, the vast majority of America, they want to see that that uh, quintessential that, that family fucking couple that, uh, settled down and knows what he's doing. He's gonna care and the woman who's staying home, staying home in the White House. Uh, shut up! Who, who shuts who the shut fucks up? up. <laughs> who understands family values and like a single guy can't understand what it's like to have kids. How can you make a decision that would affect my kids? Even though he's Leo fucking DiCaprio. <laughs> it's like the same thing where it's like people say <laughs> content. Ah, podcast out of context. People say that. <laughs> the oh, whole you haven't really thing. lived unless you've had a kid. Like you don't really know what it's about. You don't know what life is like. Like it changes you deep down. Like yeah, into a dude. And that's why I'm not having <laughs> it. Changes you. It kills your fucking dreams. <laughs> yeah, get let's get a dream killer, not a star killer. I just wow. the other day too of like the the I was like the exact definition of a male getting a dick pic is when a friend sends you a picture of their child. 
<laughs> and you're basically like, you know, you're like, oh, gross. And then you got to tell all your friends behind their back. You know what I mean? Look yeah. at how disgusting this is. That's basically what it is. For a male to get a dick pic, or for a female to get a random dick pic, it's us getting a, a it's child unsolicited. That's unsolicited. Uh, no, we, no. we get up to those about once a week in the yeah, group chat. Yeah, dude. It's, it's, dude, listen. I mean, look. It's unsolicited. You didn't want it. You didn't ask for it. No, it I was know. shoved upon you by someone who's so eager. I mean, for it. zoomed in. Shut up. But someone who's so <laughs> eager for your approval that they have to show you this mound of flesh that doesn't <laughs> like they can't communicate with it it has no real meaning this or thing purpose. wrecks like, shit it's special to you and that's nice but keep it to yourself yeah how about that okay it makes a mess everywhere you, sh- you shouldn't bring it out in public it's annoying <laughs> it's messy as hell you think it's good looking but nobody else does that's, that's, what, what, I'm saying. Saying. that's what I'm saying like you're the only one who appreciates it you're the only one who likes it have I mentioned how messy <laughs> it's fucking gross I don't want to see it with uh, Ugh, gross. It's disease. Check it's your privileged babies, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All the unvaccinated babies, bring them to me because I'll fuck them up without even touching them. All I'm going to do is sneeze on them. <laughs> That's how you sneeze, bro? Yeah. That's adorable. No, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, you sneeze. It's, <laughs> it's, really, it's really cute. It ranges. You know, it can no. range. Big range. All right, so this week, remember when I told everyone that like if there's one UFC event you should have bought, it was that UFC 200. He and lied. Kind of. <laughs> and then you flopped. apologize afterwards because yeah. you felt like a public you apology. Regretted it like because you regretted it later, like you were raped <laughs> by the knowledge that you were spewing. Foreshadow. <laughs> uh, so public apology, like Hillary Duff and that. So right now, costume. Yeah, no, there you go. We're literally like ten days away from UFC 205. So the great thing about UFC 205 is that they stacked the card so heavily, and there's so many fucking people on it. And I guarantee you, they have at least two fighters who they contacted. Hey, be ready just in case someone falls out, so then we can put you in there, and it'll still be a good match. They want it to be a con- consistent stack card because, because that's the problem. Because if somebody gets hurt, look at the look at two two hundred. Yeah, with that's uh, exactly what Connor leaving, 200. it's like well now the card isn't gonna be so great. Then they put on um what's his name from WWF Lesnar. They Brock put Lesnar. Brock Lesnar on there to get people to like no, it's still gonna be good. It's still gonna be good. What's the name? So, so, that so name? I think you know that what name? they did. We didn't two- make him yeah. have to take a steroid test. <laughs> so he's gonna be Jack. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be. He's gonna be Jack. He's gonna be Jack, but a huge Jackman. Um, but, but so I think what what it's smart about this card is the fact that they've stacked it so fucking high with some of the greatest fighters of all time that even if somebody does get hurt and falls out, it's still worth it to get it. This card is absolutely amazing. Joe You're Rogan getting... even said it's the greatest card he's ever seen. And uh, all the years that he's it, been it commentating, trumps UFC 100, yeah. which is the biggest selling card. It trumps UFC 200. It trumps all the Chael Sonnen stuff. Said that specifically. Yeah, all the 194 with, with of. All the years that I've not only followed boxing, but all the years I went back and watched and researched, never seen a card in boxing that was this stacked. Even in the 90s when Don King was giving you fucking 12 fights under a Julio Cesar Chavez bout, right. and the fucking riders were there for 12 hours just for the fucking press conference, and they had to be fed <laughs> several times. <laughs> <laughs> they were fucking getting fucking cheese and bread like Chris yeah. last week. <laughs> even even back oh, then, fuck with bread, bro. it wasn't like this stacked with this many not only elite level fight, like elite level fucking guy. Like people, the fucking men and women on this card are at the top of the fucking sport and the actual matchups are fucking exciting. They're not roots. They're not like, oh, oh, this is, 
mismatch. Oh, that's going to be a quick, easy knockout. That'll be kind of fun to watch. No, it's a compelling match. Oh, both not that high-level guys? Well, they're evenly matched. It's going to be fun to watch. These guys that need to make a name for themselves, and every fighter on that card knows this is going to be more bot than any other card. Yeah. They know that the entire world is going to have their fucking eyes on this because of how stacked it is, that they're all going to want to perform and get that performance of the night, that knockout bonus, all those kind of things. I think it's going to fucking drive them to fucking just... Some guys are going to be like, oh, big stage, I need to win, so I'm going to play it safe. That's going to happen. It happens. But there's also going to be a lot of people that are going to like... I need to make a name for myself. Here's my time to put a stamp. Um, well, I was gonna say sidebar. What happened in uh, jail when you told me you were on the cryogenics diet? Did you tell him I'm not gonna eat this bread? I literally didn't eat. <laughs> cryogenics <laughs> is when you get frozen. And it's whatever. ketogenic. <laughs> ketogenics, cryogenics, whatever. I, keto, literally, I literally like, didn't eat. Mama, Addy. <laughs> I was only in there for 14 hours, so it was really easy not to eat. And I had oh, just yeah. eaten right when they took me I, in. I just want to so. know what happens in jail if they're like more, if jail's progressive at all. It's like, um, um, you, I'm a vegan. No, wait, no, you, you can be Jewish, though, yeah, and then the they'll give black. you kosher. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you have to pretend to be Jewish, and then you get a kosher meal that's <laughs> much fresher food. I'm a Jew. Don't you see my nose, bro? What's good? <laughs> but if you say which that you're, I would do, if I say, would totally but do. But if it. you say you're a Muslim and you, I need to eat halal meat, they'll be like, "Fuck you, terrorist!" And mm. then you gotta, you know, eat dirt. And they shove dick and down they your throat and, <laughs> and pull pork. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a change! <laughs> What's worse? Which would you rather have, my dick or this pulled pork? Both are pulled pork, Adney. Both are. <laughs> 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 I like how you. It took you two seconds. I wanted to say my thing. <laughs> yeah, you wanted to plow through. <laughs> I was gonna say like because they're both the sin according to your religion, uh, but that one's way better. Well, I said they're both the same. So. <laughs> That's pulled pork. That was great. <laughs> oh, jeez. Steve's on a good one today. <laughs> All right. So I'm just going to – let's just um, – I'm going to run through the card. Not real fast because there are a couple fights I want to talk about. Yeah, but well, let's, I wanna, let's hear the ones that, that like, you're – There's some really okay, – there's some great fights. What oh. are you passionate about? Which fights – which ones are you – that's what I want to hear. Which ones are you fucking truly passionate okay. about? Okay. Like, well, I'm, I got to go from the top to the bottom, but I'll make little like no, marks I mean. for the yeah, ones yeah, that I really want to do it. To start out the main card, you have Misha Tate, the ex-champion, yeah. at 135 versus Rakal Pennington, who is on a four-fight winning streak. She is absolutely killing it right now. She's got, she's found her groove. She knows how to move. She's found her leg kicks. That's where Rachel, Rachel has come out with the most. Dude, the female division in the last year has gotten so much attention, man. It's and it is crazy. because of Ronda. I have to admit it's it. Crazy. But I, I, I really want Amanda Nunes to absolutely murder Ronda. That's a different discussion. We'll get to that later. But this is going to be a been more about fight. the female boxing division for so long. I <laughs> yeah. never hear anything about it. Um, By the way, Clarissa Shields, the two-time oh, Olympic. Gold, the only two-time Olympic gold medalist in American history. I she finally decided to turn professional, and she is going to be on the undercard of Sergey Kovalev versus Andre Ward. And, uh, and we will be it. Oh, <laughs> so, it's okay. It's okay. No, it's, it's okay. It's, it's not my bad, bitch. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think I'd it's great. So like, I think it's great that the female division is getting attention, like from both both accounts of boxing and UFC. Um, Tate takes this fight. Uh, Pennington's great and all that, but Tate's just uh, she's coming off a loss, so she feels like Tate. Tate is a championship level fighter, and I don't, I just don't think Pennington is. I don't think she could step into that realm. I think she's right under. She's like a B grade. She's so fucking close, but she just isn't able to get there. And I think Tate is going to come in more calm, more collective, and she's going to be more aggressive. She's going to u- be using her takedowns, and she's going to be using 
everything that she needs to do to just put Pennington out. I'm going to call it like the second round, but it'll probably go to a decision. Not going to lie. One of the fights that I'm most excited about is Cowboy Cerrone, the cowboy. We all know and love. I talk about him all yeah, the fucking yeah. time. Big Bet. I big love Cowboy Cerrone. Big Bet. No, drink beers. that's Big Country. Uh, well, he drink beers, right? Nelson. You said yeah, Cowboy's yeah, the guy that drinks beer. Belly, well, he has a little bit of belly. No, Cowboy, Cowboy, Cowboy belly. is the guy who like he he always drinks monsters, even though he wasn't supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I He's thought the he was guy who landed, beer guy. He drinks Budweiser all day. That, you mentioned, yeah, but yeah. you said Big yeah. Belly, Big Belly Boy oh, Nelson. Okay, my this bad. motherfucker's <laughs> fit. Okay, he's the Budweiser guy. He's the one that landed that beautiful combination on the Nate Diaz, Conor McGregor. That like fucking thirty punch combination. No, it was like. Shut up, Chris. It was thirty punch combination. Three punches and a kick. Yeah, 30 to me. <laughs> Yo, who hit me? Who hit me? Who's the octopus here, huh? So I'm actually kind of scared for this fight because Donald came out and he was doing an interview and he's already talking about his next fight. So I'm kind of scared. not on the prize, huh? Looking because ahead. he's not looking, looking at his him. Opponent. Yeah, he's looking past Gasolim and... The problem is Gasolum hasn't found... I just feel like he hasn't found his traction yet. His name's Calvin Gasolum. He's ranked fifth in... The 170 division right now. He just beat Johnny Hendricks. Johnny Hendricks beat up George St. Pierre. George St. Pierre is considered the GOAT yeah. of MMA. Everyone knows St. Pierre. Really? GSP is the most... Who else were you thinking? Anderson Silva. Silva's in there. You're right. No, you're right. Cowboy's one of my favorite fighters. Kelvin Gosselin is a U, um, ultimate fighter winner. And I just do not have a lot of faith in the ultimate fighting championship uh Reality yeah, it's series. the American Idol. I don't like that. I hate yeah, that. I, I like, just, you're getting all these people who just want to be on television, and yet, like, it's I, I don't like the reality. There's thing one. Of it. There, I, I think there's I, okay. Because it can turn into politics yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. Like, I think totally there's three. That. I feel like there's three people that are like really solid. Who, they're on season 24 right now, and only three of them are actually three of the winners of the ultimate. Fighter Championship, which is a reality series. Season 24, how many seasons? They're on season 24, and only three seasons actually got championship-level fighters. And that's the whole entire point. I can only think of Forrest Griffin. Forrest Griffin's one. Hold on, how is season 24? Michael Bisping was in season four. I'm confused, guys. How how many seasons, how many things they do a year? How many seasons? I, I, I think they do one, but there might have been a couple years where they did two. Yeah, because season twenty four UFC's been around for like eight years. Uh, the, I remember like they've been around since four. was the first yeah, one, bro. Yeah, like UFC one was yeah, in yeah. about like two. That's what I'm saying. I remember like I remember the first UFC like that the, it becoming a reality TV show. So well, like, that's because the when first, it's like UFC twenty four, it's like the oh, first year they're sorry. gonna do one, the second year they're gonna do one, and then Ultimate they got Fighter twenty four. Yeah, like, but what then the they fuck? got a whole bunch of fucking acclaim, and everybody wanted to watch it, so then they packed in two. In oh, one okay, year. that's what it is. You know, they're packing in the like that, Yeah. But still, to this day, there's only a handful of actual now greats that have come out of that. Greats, there yeah, there yeah, are yeah. top ten fighters there's that have good come fighters, out of it. Yeah, but, but there's there's only a couple of greats so. that have made a name for themselves outside of the show. And Donald Cerrone is a top three guy in 155 or 170, and so he's been making this transition to 170, and he's been. St- Darken people, just absolute like first round knockout, first round knockout, and then he got a triangle on another person, and this is at 170. So he's looking past Kelvin, and I do think that's a a problem because Kelvin is regularly walks around at like 220. 
and he cuts to 170. Like, that's a gnarly cut. Like, he's sucked up. He's sucked up on the scale. And then he's huge on fight night. And I know he's got the power. So I'm, I'm a little afraid because Donald has a weak body. Great chin. He has a phenomenal. I think chin. the body thing though was because he was cutting. I do too because he had a weight body at one fifty five. That's so, so dangerous, dude. He was like you said, like the reason why he's so good at one seventy, like we talked about that before, is because he no longer has to kill himself to make the weight. Draining when you have to kill yourself so badly to make weight, it weakens you in all aspects, ex- especially body shots. Yeah. Like that's how Manny Pacquiao suffered his uh, his. Uh, first lost his first title at flyweight because he had to kill himself to get down to that weight and he got hit in the body and was knocked out. Like, these body shots are so brutal and I think that he got that reputation for a weak body at 155 and that 170, like you said, he's starching, guys. He's so much stronger and I think he will take shots better. I hope so. Body and head at 170, even to this fucking monster of a guy who yeah. kills himself gets the, like he's Tommy Hearns fucking <laughs> it kind of sucks that he pigeonholes himself by losing weight for a fight and you're like oh weak body weak body no motherfucker I killed myself to get to this weight don't fucking don't pigeonhole me by saying oh weak opponent yeah, though he's just a weak body like don't don't put that on me bro Donald's 31 and 7 damn that's Kelvin record for UFC record Kelvin too. is that's pretty 13 crazy, right? and 2 isn't that a pretty crazy record for UFC? Because oh, it's not yeah. like yeah, no, that's, yeah, yeah, that's a high record, right? Donald also fights four times a year. No other fighter will fight Damn. that much. He he wants to fight six times a year. It depends. Sometimes I um I actually think this year he's, this is going to be his fifth fight, and that's going to be the most that he's done. It just depends if he gets fucked up. Like he's a smart fighter. When he gets fucked up, he takes a, a solid three to six. The time months, that he knows he needs off, and before he fucking he can get takes it fight. off, and he goes and he'll do other shit. Yeah. But then when he's not getting fucked up, he will fight back. To, like he would fight two hundred five, two hundred six, and two hundred seven. If he ends all of those fights in the first round, he he would easily be like, yeah, sign me up, sign me up, sign me up. Like he loves fucking fighting. Most fighters do, but most fighters don't go out of their way to make sure that they're constantly getting fights. He'll lose a fight, and before Dana White's in his office, Cowboy Cerrone is waiting for him at his office, ready to sign another fucking fight. No one else is doing that. No one else is sitting there being on Dana White's door constantly. Give me a fight. Give me a fight. Give me a fight. Well, That's now they why can't he's... because Dana White isn't the owner anymore. No, now he oh, can't. He's on Reebok store. He, he's that guy. He's that Texan that joins the military and he's like, I already got a gun, pussy. <laughs> like he's that guy. That's just like. But I've also never seen. I've never seen Kelvin finished. Uh, like he got finished once and it was by like a head kick and his hands were. I I just. He's a really strong dude. I don't see. I think it's gonna go to a decision. My 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 mind's telling me decision, but my heart wants to say triangle by Cerrone, second round. Yeah, your mind is telling you decision, but your heart. Next we got we got Chris Weidman. Chris Weidman, the motherfucking one eighty five champ before Bisping, and then before Rockhold, he knocked out the goat Anderson Silva, one of the goats. Anderson Silva told you not Not to say the goat. Not once, (laughs) not once, but twice. He knocked him out twice. Well. The second one, or the first one, was a leg kick, but he was going to get knocked out anyway, so whatever. I, 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 whatever. Um, you got Chris Weidman versus Joe Romero, who's a beast. Joe Romero looks like a fucking action figure. Like, the perfect pecs, perfect abs, huge arms, and he's black, and he's mean, dude. And like he's, you said that hell low. He's he's, he throws, he, <laughs> he throws haymakers White from up. hell, but he has zero cardio. 
zero cardio. And he got popped. A lot of guys like that. But he got popped for um, a tainted supplement. So everyone originally thought, because you look at this dude and you're like, yeah, Steroid. dude. Oh, steroids. You're on steroids. Oh, steroids. Look at him. People look at he's me and say that all the time. I don't like when people say that about me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, Romero, this guy. Damn, that guy's fucking, what he's the fuck, beautiful. dude? He's beautiful. His body the ridges, uh, no, the ridges between I would have so his, much sex with that guy. Dude, the, the ridges between <laughs> his abs are so deep. You could lose a roll of quarters. <laughs> <laughs> dude, I like that he's I like that he's milk chocolate on top, and when you dip into those abs, you get that dark chocolate. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like that nice shadow. Oh, he knows. Um, I don't know a lot to say said, about this you know one <laughs> because I do not know a lot about Yoel Romero. I just know that he was coming up quick. I think he's kind of old. I think he's like 32, 33. Well, I, I think that's old uh, in fight the, yeah, uh, in, yeah. in fight history. You know what I mean, like with fighters. Um, I don't have a lot to say about this one. I think Weidman actually kind of runs through him. Uh, I think Weidman can get caught because that's what Yule's known for. He's known for those big hooks, and those sweeping fucking wait. Uh, uppercuts. Who's Yule? The black guy? Yule. Yeah. God. Watch him. His Yule. name is Yoel Romero. <laughs> but, I mean, dude. His name watch is Yoel, him, Yule. Adam. His name is Yoel Romero. He's probably Dominican, dude, or Cuban. You're right. He might be okay. That's he's, fair. He's not just some black guy. No, guy. you're right. You're right. Cuban, Cuban, Yes, uh, cool, I man. think Chris Weidman wrestle fucks him. I think he wrestle fucks him. <laughs> wrestle, you keep missing. So the there's, a there. <laughs> there's a lot of wrestle fucks. There's a lot of wrestle fucking on this. Uh, th- but then, okay, let's get down. You see three. These are the three fights right here. This is what everyone's gonna buy it for. Um, we were getting a little bit more inside fight talk with all those other fights. We went a little bit more in depth so everybody could know. But now these next three fights are. Easily headliners, you could go like UFC. Uh, what are we on? Two hundred five. <laughs> what are we so on? <laughs> you could do two, you could do two hundred six with this headliner. You could do two hundred seven with the next headliner, and then you could do two hundred eight with the next headliner. That's how great these fights are. So the first fight is Joanna Janjacek. Janjacek. It's so hard it's to Yoana. say. Joanna Janjacek. Joanna. It's a soft J. Joanna Janjacek. It's a soft J. Versus Carolina <laughs> Kawalawitz. Both Catalina Carol. Hold on, let me. See. I read it once. It's so long. I get half of it, and then the second half, but I can't put them together. The second half is the hardest. Cow cue it. Cow cue it. Cow <laughs> he wanted it so bad. Kowalchuk, Kowalchuk, the petting zoo. <laughs> deep cuts, <laughs> super deep cuts. He's at the petting zoo. <laughs> All right, so this is a battle. They fought in Just Muay Thai. So Let's give her a nickname. K- what's, her, what's the first initials? It's KK. KK, bro. KKK, like it's, it's so easy. What's her first name again? Carolina. Carolina. Cape and Carolina. Cape and Cow. Triple C. Triple K. <laughs> both of these girls are from Poland. Both of these girls Obviously. fought in Muay Thai, and both of these girls fought already, but it was in within Muay Thai. And within the Muay Thai, JJ won. Joanna? Joje, or Joanna? Joje. One, both of their bouts. We're going to call you Gregory. <laughs> <Carolina> <laughs> <thinks> <laughs> that name's a fucking nightmare, buddy. <laughs> yeah. 
So I'm really excited for this fight because it's going to be a straight striking battle. You're going to get, they're not going to want to go to the ground. You're not going to see a lot of like wrestling on the fence or anything. This is going to be technical striking and it's going to be at a distance as if they're boxing and then they're going to use the kickboxing aspect and then they're also going to use their elbows and their knees and they're going to be in the clinch. But it's going to be... I mean much of a ground game then. It's going to be more of a stand-up game. It's going to be all stand-up. Carolina has this little like She's very tall too, by the way. She's very tall and she's going to be... She's rangy, and Joanna's this little ball of fury like Wolverine, mm-hmm. and she's gonna fucking get in there and try and fucking just over. I like this. It's, it's gonna be. Fun. I love watching JJ fight. She's one of the most um, exciting fighters that she's we dynamic. have fighting today, and she's a champion. Hey! Quit the fighting like thing, this. I knew we were talking fight talk, but fuck The only off. thing that she doesn't have is a strong like uh, media <laughs> presence, but her her accent's great. She can speak decent English, but like the accent. Goes into the whole triple G like accent. Yeah, like, her, so she, she breaks on her accent on purpose to connect yeah. with the people. And she has a great Makes personality. <laughs> like she's like, I just fight. That'd I love so fight. Funny she's like, I don't have big boobs. I don't have big ass, but I have best hands. You know, shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think JJ. It's probably going to be a decision. They asked me why I became a fighter. It's because I don't have big boobs or ass. I <laughs> had to do something. Yeah. I had to have personality. Yeah. I just don't think Carolina can knock her out, and I think that's the only way Carolina wins this fight. I think if they're if if Carolina's gonna come in there and try to point fight her, JJ's gonna win. I feel like JJ is gonna like take something old and make it new. You know what I mean? Like to where it's like you're bringing back that oldness, but you're giving the new people what they love. You old know, stuff? JJ. You know, old school chicks. <laughs> JJ Abrams. <laughs> Stupid. I'm not even the whole gonna, time I was referencing JJ. I, I got She's it. gonna reboot the old one two. <laughs> but okay, these are my my she favorite fights. Off, these two right here. Jab. So we got Tyron Woodley. This fight is for the welterweight title. We're at 170. You got Tyron Woodley, who just knocked out Robbie Lawler, and Robbie Lawler was the champ for a, for a couple fights. Like he was doing really well, and he got knocked out in the first round by a right hook. Damn. And then you got Stephen Warner Boy Thompson, who has absolutely been destroying everybody that he has faced. The last I wanna, what 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 rate? Or what weight? One seventy. One seventy. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's thirteen and one. We we watched that Lawler fight yep. with Tyrone Woodley, and like yep. we talked about how like don't fucking run straight backwards, bro. You gotta run inside. Jump <laughs> <laughs> over your own heel, homeboy. Is 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 Lawler had to fight Tyrone Woodley within Woodley's distance? Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's background is from point uh, point karate, and point karate is. Both of you are easily like five feet away from each other the whole entire time. Sometimes you're fucking ten feet away from each other. And all you're trying to do is land a kick on his left leg or land a kick into his stomach. Just land something. If you land something, it's a point. And that's why they call so it point karate. Fuck. But they're constantly... It's fencing. I mean, it's it's kind of fencing. It's, it's also like kind of boxing. like boxing. Yeah. Because like amateur boxing. Okay, true. Because you amateur be boxing, they have... They, they, they've, like, they're changing it now. Like, the Olympics don't long they have it anymore. But for a long time, amateur boxing has been scored by... It's a computer system of every punch is a point. And so yeah. guys wouldn't go for power. They wouldn't go for knockout. They would go for, like, just lands. And so it would end up being <laughs> He knocked him out. But yeah, the thing but he is, lost because he got less points. The thing is he's doing it with kicks. And with a kick, when you put your full force into a kick, when you just throw it, when you have fundamentally, fundamentally, fundamentally yeah. when you're fundamentally sound, 
um, you don't have to throw all of your weight into that kick to knock mm-hmm. someone out because your legs just have so much power. And when you're doing it, when you're technically sound, you're rotating. You can half hips. kick them and get like you have them all out. your yeah. weight going into it. If you don't know have what you're to doing. All of the you force. don't have to use all your power and use your energy. So every it. fight he's gone. So these past five fights, he's gone like five and zero within the UFC. All this great stuff. No one can. Get to him. They can't. They can't. Like he's just too. His range is too calculated because he comes from that point karate background. So he he's not well rounded, but he's so good on this one thing. But at the same time, he leaves his hands down way too much to be fighting Taiwan. Chuck Liddell on his breasts and shit. (laughs) So. Cause, but his distance is always so great. He uses it's distance so to his own great, advantage, right? So, so he keeps back. This fight, I honestly don't even have a pick. I don't want to pick because I don't know who's going to win. My mind is telling me... Tyron Woodley? Yeah, 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 yeah. My mind's telling me Tyron Woodley, but my heart's Steven, Wonderboy Thompson. <laughs> because he's... Steven the way that he fights... Out, boy, I know. Tyron Woodley will sit there and he won't throw one fucking punch. For an entire round, if there is not an opportunity for him to get in and throw that right He's hook or throw that fighter. left he hook, he waits for the he moment to strike. What it is is what, is, he what, what is that called in boxing? Well, it is is uh, it's kind of pot shotting, but if he throws one at a time, but it's also a thing of a lot of fighters who are very technical savvy and want to be uh, more. Uh, they want to. They're smart. They're tacticians. Is that they wait for the perfect moment. They don't want to waste energy. They don't want to waste a shot. Open themselves up for counters or anything like that. Let themselves fuck up. So they'll wait and they'll wait for their opponent to make a mistake before they attack. Their offense is dependent on their opponent's offense. They have to have something to work off of in order to be like that. And that works a lot by guys able to just take apart aggressive fighters. But as soon as you have someone who's refusing you to get something to work off, you end up waiting for too long. And like you said, he throws one punch in a five-minute fucking round. Yeah. Is That's it called ve- a certain thing? That could be so, very detrimental. Like, not really. They're always hitting boxing like a fucking... But he's not a counterpuncher. Like, he's not someone who's waiting for you to throw, and then he's going to come with the counter. Not really. Like, he's waiting for that The moment where he can strike, yeah. Because he knows he has the strength. He's most deadly at this But he point. also knows yeah. he's he's... He's had that time where he's knocked someone with a hook. He's he found his moment, but that person didn't get knocked the fuck out. Usually that's what happens. He's had he has that type of power. Usually when he hits you once, you're fucking toasted. But he's had a couple fights where he's hit him once, they fell down. I think he's falling in love with his power. And then he'll get on top of him and he'll start wailing, right? But then he spins himself within that little thirty second frame of him trying to finish the fight, and then he gets dominated for the rest of the fight because he's so tired. I think, and yeah. I think that's what's going to happen with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think he's going to sit there and he's going to be waiting and waiting, and then he's going to catch him with one. Wonderboy's going to get caught, and then he's going to expend all his energy. But I think Wonderboy is just too good technically to get knocked out for some well, reason. Well, I just think, like, why would, if you know this guy fights like this, why wouldn't you just get in close with him? Like, getting super closer and just try to get it to where. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson well, no, getting close with The guy that just waits for his building? moment. Sorry, the, who's the one that waits for his moment to strike Tyrone? Tyrone. It's okay, so, Tyrone. so Wonder Boy, why doesn't he just fucking try to get in there closer? No, and try because to the take closer, advantage. then then he's gonna well, try, be able to. Instead of the guy just in there waiting, why don't you just here's, get in the worst where he loses his? Here's why. Ability. You could do that. You could smother him so he never gets off that perfect shot. You smother his punches, and so he has. But then it goes to the ground, and like he says, Stephen Wonder Boy Thompson's his main his main thing, his best thing that he's at is keeping distance. It's karate. Like karate point fighting. And Tyron so Woodley's he, a wrestler. His best thing is spatial awareness. And if Tyron mm-hmm. Woodley is good at I wrestling, 
wrestling, all you're doing is putting yourself oh, in his Oh, so you have a wrestler house. against somebody who is wanting to go oh, distance. A boxer. Yeah, so, okay, this is a, that's a, no, man, that's yeah, a good yeah, fucking match. That's, that's what bad. he was saying is Woodley, he has that great right hand, and he waits for the perfect right hand, but he also knows how to wrestle really well. And what he does is he fell in love with his power. And uh, he got used to knocking guys out, so he thinks he, every time he goes in, no matter if he can help it or not, his mentality is, all I need to do is land one big right hand, and I could probably end Haymaker, this fight. Haymaker, that's all he thinks. Like, yeah, that's kind of like, shitty, Something though. that Nonito Donaire did, he was like a top five pound, for, like top three pound for pound fighter, fell in love with his power, and then he would just start winging left hooks like a madman instead of setting him up properly, ended up lose, like just looking awful and ended up getting knocked out and all that kind of stuff. And that could potentially happen to Tyrone Woodley. If he goes into that fight, she's looking for a big right hand against a guy who has great spatial awareness and knows how to keep distance very well and counter with technical strikes. Even though he doesn't have to be a hard puncher, he can just, every time, he can... Set traps. It's a very important tactic in fighting. Multiple traps. It's so setting, hitting and hitting and hitting, right? Setting a trap is what you do is you 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 um you anticipate your opponent is going to throw a counter shot and you invite it in. It would be like if let's say me and Chris are fighting, right? I throw the jab and then he tries to counter with the right hand. I'm like, all right, every time I throw my jab now, I know Chris is gonna try and counter with that straight right hand. So he's countering, I'm gonna counter his counter punch. The way I do that, I set the trap. The trap is, I now I'm just pushing my left hand out there. You lazily. know his actions. You know his action before he does it. I'm not shooting the left hand. I'm just lazily kind of putting it out there and pawing at it. And his natural reaction is going to be to want to hit me with all of his power because I'm just pawing at him. You don't let somebody paw a fucking shot you. And he's going to be like, all right, perfect up counter punch opportunity. So he's going to throw his right hand, but I already know what I'm going to do. And as soon as I see him slightly react to my half jab that I'm not putting any energy behind really, I'm going to step back. So when he throws his right hand counter, it's gonna fall short, and then I can counter with my own shot, my own right hand. Because he doesn't expect that's counter because he counter. thinks he's making you into a trap or falling. That's setting falling a trap for your opponent. It's based off their counter punching, and I think that Wonder Boy could really do that. It'd be a real benefit to him to do that same move because Woodley has that incredible right hook. Invite the right hook in, throw that left hook, throw that left the jab lazily. Have that, and he has such great spatial awareness that he could do it from a perfect distance to invite the right hand in and move out of the way just enough to counter him and wear him out that way. And I, I, I'm gonna pick Wonder Boy. No, I pick Wonder Boy as well. Nice. And it's for the same reason. I think Wonder Boy is just gonna be too classy on the feet. But we also have to recognize that Tyron Woodley is a state champion in wrestling. He went to the NCAA and he then he won in a Division One tournament as well multiple times. He went. Two state championships, all this great stuff. So, Steven's okay on the ground, but like, I just. <clears throat> my mind is telling me Wonder Boy, but my heart's telling me Tyron because I just feel like when you get into that type of fight and you know that this guy's a striker and he's a point striker and you know that he keeps his distance really fucking well that you're gonna go to your wrestling background and if you're mm -hmm. a decent wrestler like tyrone is he can get him down he's gonna be able to get him down and if he can get him down i just i haven't seen steven on his back a lot so i don't know what his bjj looks like i don't know how good he is off of his back and that's what scares me about the fight besides that little aspect i it depends. I don't so it see depends. him catching him. I do Tyrone not see Woodley him catching winning him. depends on several things. It depends on him not being as in love with his power that he has been the past few fights and being disciplined enough to not look for just one big shot. You need that. Yeah, you need him not to be disciplined not to do that. Second, it depends on his takedown game being actually stronger. Yeah, like you have Wonder to actually Boy's try. 
an actual distance game. He's so good at keeping distance, and his spatial awareness is so good. Like I said a minute ago, like the ago. distance is so big. So you have to overcome those other two things, and that has to. Have, then he has to get on the ground. Then he can. Then he, from there, he has to start working with the wrestling. Now, there's a whole yeah. other aspect to that. I feel like it takes more. It's gonna for take Tyron. more for Tyrone yeah, to win. Right. Than it's right. gonna take for Wonder Boy to win, and no, that's why. Great. Even though I'm a novice in MMA, I'm definitely in no. It's a great analogy. I think that you nailed uh, it. I'm gonna pick Wonder Boy. Nailed it. You does a good breakdown because you're right. Because Tyrone has to think about the distance. Like when you're shooting against a guy who's constantly five fucking feet away from you, it's so hard to take him down. So he's gonna have to implement something else in his game to get gonna, close to close. Yeah, the distance. just to get close. Exactly. Yeah, but he is fast. I mean. In the Robbie Lawler fight, Robbie Lawler didn't think that he was going to be able to close that fucking fast with, the, with <laughs> the lead. Like it was a step and a hook, you know, and, and he closed it really fast. So I have to give him some credit. I don't think Stephen Thompson has might might have met a guy in karate who's this fast who's going to try to knock you out rather than a guy who's this fast who's just trying to score points. And so I think that at the same time where his distance is absolutely amazing, Tyrone's fast. And he's mm. fucking fast. So, this is going to be a great fucking fight. Um, I could see it going to a decision. I could see someone getting knocked out. There's no way it's going to be submission. And I don't see a lot of ground stuff. And if it is a lot of ground stuff, Tyrone's probably going to win. Yeah. I feel like Tyrone, if Ty, it's Ty, either Tyrone's going to win a decision by keeping it on the ground for long enough mm. to just pile up points by keeping, because that's where he wants it. He's going to keep it where he wants, keep yep. in guard. He's going to win off the ground game, or it's going to be a wonder boy keeping him at a distance and piling up points that way, then he wins a decision. I it's kind of like the, how the whole card's starting to stack up as. is, is We're getting wrestlers versus strikers. The first one we did was uh, Evans and Kennedy. The second one was Namagameda versus Johnson. Edgar versus Stevens. That's those are all wrestlers versus strikers. That's why this card's so dynamic because it could go one of two ways. You might get two people fucking swinging it out and battling, and someone getting knocked out. But you also might get dazed into a three round decision where this guy was literally just wrestle fucking him. So, <laughs> well, I told you this is the best card because this is the best card. I can't sit here and promise that everything's going to be spectacular and everything's going to be a knockout. There's so many chances like, of getting a good fight. It's like getting a whole bundle of grapes. Like you might get a <laughs> shitty grape here and there, but there's so many other good grapes. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, you're not, not so going to complain. Okay, and then this of course is- we'll wrap it up with the main event. We got Conor McGregor, the oh, Irishman, versus Eddie fucking, fucking Alvarez. So heavy. I got the fight. Besides that, fucking you want that Russian wine? <laughs> And at this point, I think I am on the hype train. I loved it's Nate. It's not hype. It's real. It's not hype. It's real. I loved Nate so much that I just... And he didn't beat Nate decisively in that match. So I have a little bit of bias towards Connor, But at the same time, I am on the Connor train, man. Like, he completely waxed everybody up until Nate Diaz at 145. He completely annihilated that fucking division. He had, like... Eight or nine fights within 145 before he even got the fucking title shot. So he climbed through the ranks and he fucking got his title shot. And then he storches the champ in 13 fucking seconds. 13 seconds. With a lift. Uh, with a and lift. then he goes and he fights Nate. Gets yeah. choked out. He gets his Most little. dangerous punching all the fucking sports on this shit. Yeah. Get, Why you're talking shit? He gets his weakness exposed, and then he goes in, and then the next fight, he doesn't even allow Nate to take him down. Nate's trying to, like, do all these little things to try and take him down. Nate's not a great 
guy shooting for takedowns. So he has to find other ways of getting Connor down. So maybe he fell on purpose. Maybe he didn't. I know there's. You could argue that one of those he definitely fell one of them, and then you could argue that the other one he got knocked down. Yeah, so that alone shows that this guy has have brought his power up. To Nate, the guy who has a great fucking chin. Granite chin. Who's fought at 155 for how long? So I definitely think he's going to bring his punch up with him to 155. Because they were fighting at 170. Now we're at 155, which I think 155 is Connor's true weight. I don't think it'll be as devastating as what he did in that title fight against Jose Aldo. I don't think it's going to be that devastating. And all those other fights where all it took was a fucking all he did. He was so heavy-handed. And so blisteringly fast and powerful with that left at 145, I, I think he's going to lose a little bit, no, just a little bit at going up to 155, fighting these slightly bigger guys. But it's still going to be a, just some kind of different power. But Eddie Alvarez is no fucking joke. Like, once again, we have a wrestler versus a striker. Eddie Alvarez is an NCAA champ. He's won multiple championships, all this great stuff. He he is a great wrestler, but he's over wrestle fucking people. Like he kind of doesn't want to do it because he know like he Eddie Alvarez is in a weird position right now because he went from Bellator, which is the leading competitor versus the UFC, and he won the championship at 155. He's the Bellator champ, and so he comes over. And he knows he has to be exciting. And he knows he has to get people on the Eddie Alvarez train now because for some reason, the crossover with Bellator and UFC just isn't there yet. It's not there yet. So even though you were a champion in Bellator, apparently you haven't proven yourself in the UFC, so you have to climb the ranks. And he did. So Eddie Alvarez came over, and then he climbed the ranks, and he had three fights before he even got the fight with the champ. And they were kind of boring. They weren't the Eddie Alvarez that we saw in Bellator. And that's because the competition isn't the same. In Bellator, you're going against Cans. And over in the UFC, you're going against professional fighters. Say it right, motherfucker. You're going against Hoofloofas in that fucking Bellator fight. Eddie Alvarez comes over, and he's not knocking people up like he was over there. These these fights aren't as exciting, and so he kind of loses a little bit of his appeal. And people are kind of starting to doubt him. Like, oh, the only reason you're so tight is because you were you're fighting, fighting hoof loopers loopers. back then, yeah. And then he fucking and proves himself. Took his thumbtacks back in the day. And versus shit. RDA. RDA was the champ at the time. This was, I want to say, UFC like 202. Was UFC 202 the one with Connor? Okay, it was it was recent. It was, I want to say. Yeah, 202 was the one call with Connor. It, uh, July, August. Okay, it was around there. Eddie Alvarez fights RDA, who was the champ at 155, and he finishes him within the first round. And RDA was a murderer. He came, For a year, he had a win streak, came up through the ranks, killing everybody, first round knockouts, got the belt, and then he beat Anthony Pettis, Showtime Pettis, which was... The guy who everyone knows the kick. When you see an MMA clip, one of the highest viewed MMA clips is the guy where he runs off the fence and he kicks the <laughs> dude yeah, in the head. super famous. I've seen That's it. That's Showtime Pettis. And he, Showtime Pettis had that belt for a solid two or three years. No one thought that anyone was going to beat Showtime Pettis. But what RDA did is he beat Pettis at his own game. He didn't even use wrestling or anything like that. He beat Pettis at striking. He built his own fence and, and he, he jumped off. And he fucked him up. It, yeah. And so then you get... Trumped it. 
<laughs> then you get Eddie Hopefully Alvarez coming over. Right? Eddie Alvarez is hungry. Humpty Dumpty. He, he wants people to know that he's the shit. People don't know. He's already waxed three fucking dudes in the UFC. And he doesn't have anything following him. There's no cloud following him. He doesn't got shit. So then he goes into this fight as a 4-1 underdog. 4-1 underdog. And he murders him in the fucking first round. Eddie Alvarez with strikes. Not with his wrestling. Not with his cardio. Oh, he finishes him in the fourth round. Ground and pound. No. The first fucking round with strikes. Which was what RDA is so great with. RDA was a great strike. Is a great striker. And he knows how to move. And he's really good at moving. And it's really fucking hard to fucking hit him. Because he's so fucking fast. And it's all calisthenics. He's not sitting there bench pressing. He's all just resistance training it's all about resistance and another person's weight and so Eddie Alvarez comes in and completely fucking waxes him RDA doesn't fall down RDA does not fall down I have to give it to him he doesn't actually get like fucking sent into the shadow realm but he gets picked apart by Eddie Alvarez in the first fucking round boom straight left straight boom left hook overhook all these great fucking strikes and the ref has to step in. Nope, you're done. Calls the fucking fight. And RDA is literally sitting there like his eyes are dazed. And he's like, good thing. I was literally about to fucking he's fall down. Like he's out on his fucking feet. Eddie looks great, right? Well, the last fucking fight we had with Connor, we figured out that Connor does have a gas tank. Connor does have heart. Connor has these things that people were questioning before. Oh, well, he doesn't have any heart. He keeps ending people in the first round. Oh, well, he doesn't have cardio. I like you blame that not having heart. Like, he was knocking people out so fast. No heart. Uh, just like just like fucking Mike Tyson. That's what a lot, no a, heart. A lot of people like a lot of people in the fight game do that. Like, well, yeah, we've seen him starch these guys, but what happens when he goes up against a guy who's not gonna lay down? A lot because that is an Find actual, me one. Find me yeah, a guy that's gonna knock there's me out. A, there's a lot of there's a lot of guys who fall into the puncher's mentality. They they get so used to knocking guys out because they have so much power. Well, we just talked about one in this in when the, they he's different. He's yeah. that's okay, different. Okay, that's different. He that's the guy who fell in love with his power eventually. Not someone who's like he's He's like he becomes reliant on it, yeah. And like when that doesn't work, they have nothing else to go back on, and they mentally kind of fall apart because like, what else do I do now? And then they can get overwhelmed. That happens a lot with guys who they fucking run into a guy they can't knock out. And so I think that that's always a fucking possibility that people thought of like, oh, well, Connor, as soon as he hit, finds somebody who he can't knock out, he's gonna be in trouble. And he couldn't knock out Nate. Nate. He got in trouble and he lost that first he fight. Got in he came out the second fight, decided, well, like, I guess I can't knock him out, but I'm just gonna fight smart. And, even and though, he fucking did. He even though, fought smart as fuck. Even that though fight. he did run away a bit, and he did keep looking at the clock every round, he was wondering when it was going to end. That's true. He still survived. He, he still did. won the fight, even though it was really close. And Nate still made it. Oh, a, a fucking tough ass fight. He still was able to win. He dug deep when he needed dug deep. He doesn't have the greatest stamina, he but he does. He can last five hard rounds. <laughs> so that's my biggest thing. So after all said and done. I have to be on the train. I don't want it. My mind is telling me Eddie. My mind's telling me Eddie by probably about round four ground and pound. Eddie's just going to be too big and just on him constantly. And Connor's not going to be able to deal with it because he's not he's not used to that type of fighting. But at the same time, I, Eddie's been dropped multiple times. He was dropped in Bellator. And then he's been dropped in the UFC. Now he won those fights, but he got dropped. And so, I know Connor has the power to drop him. It's just going to be all about how Connor is going to go about 
what happens once he connects. And he Maybe lost Connor never taking connects. What, taking out 15 pounds from his last fight? 70 or 170? Yeah, yeah. Or he was at 170, now so he's at 155. But, so Nate, yeah. but Nate fought at 155. And Nate's right. a lightweight. Nate's 155. Oh, Nate's yeah, not like, a welterweight. But I think yeah, like, like, Connor taking out 15 dude, pounds is going to help that's him, That's the right? thing. He wasn't... Connor, yeah. Connor wasn't fighting a guy who fights best at 170. No, no, Two like, people who they went chose up to fight oh, okay. at 170. They both chose oh, okay. to Nate fight Diaz at 170. Nate Diaz is normally one because so like when I look when I think about his fight with Nate Diaz, I don't think about oh he fought a middleweight or he fought a welterweight. I mean he didn't, I don't think of it as he fought a welterweight. He fought a guy who fights at lightweight. Yeah. So I think oh yeah he took on a lightweight, a fucking talented one who's really really tough, and he did beat him in the rematch. So and he was able to hurt him with a couple of those shots. As we look at it like that, like I do think like there's a real possibility that he could uh they're trying to strike with each other. Eddie Alvarez is showing that he's really good with striking, but he gets a little maybe carried away. Connor lands that big left hand and drops him, but he can't knock him out. It's not that same power. See, that's it's powerful enough about. to drop him and then but he just can't seem to finish it to, after yeah. that. But like if, if he tries too eagerly to finish it on the ground, he goes right into Alvarez's wheelhouse. Yep. Alvarez is a great fucking wrestler, as you just said a minute ago, and he can fucking submit him if Connor's, Connor's a more boxer Connor's, for sure, right? He's, he's a striker. Always been a, he's a striker. If he's, if he's oh, smarter, yeah. he'll fucking do what he did to uh, Nate and kind of kind of egg him into getting back up to punish him more. Okay, here's my, on the feet or something like that. This is why I'm worried about that. Leg kicks! The leg kicks! <laughs> I think it was like rounds three and four. You could tell Connor was dying down. Oh, and yeah. he would get... He would allow Nate to hit, not not allow Nate to hit him, but he, he would get prevent, hit he could, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, we talked about that too. How Connor just doesn't know how to cover up. Yeah, yeah, he's not used to if defending he doesn't himself know how to cover up so fucking quick. Right, but if he doesn't know, because Nate's not a power puncher, Nate's a volume puncher, so Nate's just gonna come in there and just beat you up. He's not gonna hit you with something that's from fucking he's Mars. A triathlon. Eddie Alvarez is gonna hit you with something yeah. from fucking Mars, and I don't think Connor is gonna be able to weather that type of storm if he gets in that same position yeah if that was like if uh those same like those same times in the nate diaz fight where nate diaz got him against the cage and started swinging those just like flurries and combinate they're mostly flurries they weren't really dynamic combinations they're mostly just hook 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 hook, shoe shining a little bit even then he had a hard time like guessing where the punches were coming like dude like don't drop one hand weird like he just didn't know how to Put on the fucking earmuffs, tighten up the guard, and take those shots and kind of roll with him. He wasn't good at defending himself when he's backed up against the cage. Do that against somebody like who's going to be a little more proficient and put more power of his power behind his shots. And maybe mix it up a fucking bit. Uppercuts into yeah, hooks, exactly. into overhand rights, into uppercuts. And that's what bombs. Eddie does. Like, once he, he has you in trouble, he mixes it up. He's not just going to be going right hook, left hook, right hook. No, he's going to come like with an Eddie's uppercut. And then he's going to step back and hit you with a fucking jab. And then he's going to come back with an uppercut. And then a left hook, the right hook. Because, well, Joe it mentioned that, that, that the Diaz shit. brothers are only, they only, they're on like 60% punches. They only throw 60% of their weight behind their punches because yeah. they're long. But they're volume punches. The people who go on the They also con. hold the records for the most strikes ever thrown in a UFC match. So they're yeah. all about volume. How, volume. Rather than power. That's and why it just, was so detrimental that McGregor kept using movement, lateral movement, because as a volume puncher, 
your strongest thing is when you're able to get off those shots. But if your guy keeps moving, you have to keep resetting yourself in order to throw those volume shots. That's why it's difficult for volume punchers to take on movers, yeah. stick and mover type guys. That's their fucking biggest weakness. Rock, paper, rock paper, scissors. Yeah, yeah. rock, paper, scissors thing. Go. And uh, I, like, if, if you have someone who's not going to be that have to do a volume, he can do some damage with a single shot and put in a nice three-punch combination that's from different angles. That's going to be a jab right hand uppercut then a hook, something like that. I, and if he if he can like get a cowboy combo, if he can yeah. get McGregor against the fucking cage and throw a yeah, it's an gonna actual be bad. powerful combination, it's he's gonna, gonna be land. Bad. It's gonna like, hurt McGregor. Half of those fucking bad. shots, yeah. half of those fucking shots, because Connor doesn't know how to cover up. This is easily McGregor's hardest fucking fight. I think, and I think a lot of people. I feel easily. like I feel like a lot of people are kind of writing it off. It's like, they are. People are sleeping on Eddie oh, because. He totally whooped Nate Diaz's ass, and they're though. also using. They're also using. That was Eddie. that one seventy. This is that, <laughs> that was not one seventy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like they're also Jesse's using. Jesse's too smart to say some dumb shit like that. <laughs> they're also using Eddie's old fights to compare. Like, yeah. okay, well, not his champion, not his most important fight, yeah. but like fights before his most. Yeah, important yeah. They're fight. looking at probably the broad range of it. Like, no, pff, look at Eddie doing this. Like, look at McGregor. He came back from Diaz. You got to me. But they're not looking at the idea of the two fighters being opposite fighters in yeah. a sense to where like you're pitting two people like this is the most like this is this is the study the study is pinning two things against each other that that are op- like opposite fighters things that like that's what's important about the fight it's not giving someone like handing you a fighter is someone that you're the best against Giving you someone that's going to be an exciting fight is someone that's complete opposite of you to where... What Stevie's trying to say is styles make fights. And that's exactly what this card is. That's exactly what this card is. This entire card, this whole reason why we did the whole preview is because this card is styles make fights. And every single fight on here can either be a barn burner and you're going to get that within a minute knockout and you're going to get that craziness and you're going to get that little tingle that's going up your arm. Do they arm. call it a barn burner because it's like the hay going up in flames all the quick? Is right. that like what because that is? Because it's quick. That's smart. It's I didn't quick. even think of that. It's good. It's fucking cool. <laughs> but then you can, uh, like, it's still in the possibility that you're going to get wrestle fucks. You're going to get three minutes of this guy completely just ragdolling this or other you're, guy. You're right? going to get stacked also, hard. You're also, gonna be some fine. fights are going to be Competitive. Some are gonna be super one-sided, even though yeah. on paper they look like they would be competitive. It's gonna be one-sided because one style is so much has such a good time with the style it's fighting. Which is that's exact- the rock paper scissors effect yeah. that we were talking about. That some styles are more dominant. That, yeah. yeah, like you're just like you automatically have an advantage. And like what we talked about after uh, what Connor's time we last talked about Connor was that he's always been the thoroughbred at featherweight and when he fought someone who he wasn't automatically physically superior to he ran into trouble because technically he's not even like he's not like he's always been the striker but even as a striker he's not the most technically sound one he's not the best boxer he's not gonna out box guys he's gonna out um, like because he has so much speed and power, he was able to be the thoroughbred of the fight. Yeah, he's just like a- now he's going into a match where a guy he's doesn't. It's not a given that he's physically superior because he's mm-hmm. a guy who's bigger, and he's a guy who, who's good with his strikes. He proved that he's really good standing up, and then he could throw in combination. And then when he gets in trouble. He can actually take it to the ground and be really effective on the ground. We don't. I, I haven't really seen. Connor I haven't seen it. I mean, I Connor see it on his, the ground. I see it on his Instagram and stuff. Like I see that he's tra- he's training. Everyone with a looks third good on Instagram. I, I look know, good I, on. I, Instagram. I, he's he's fucking, training with the fucking <laughs> the best fifth degree black belt. Okay, so 
I know he's not horrible. It's I a highlight reel. All social media is a highlight reel. But at the same reel. time, Listen, yeah, I definitely think reel. he absolutely, I believe he's improved since that first Nate Diaz fight. Because after that, he realized, like you said, you brought up, a, dude, he knows he's fucked up on the ground. He spent $300,000 on a training camp just for ground game. Grand. He's probably doing that. He probably, like, he probably did that and doing it again. Gangster, I dude. I absolutely believe he's going to be so much better on the ground. The question is, like, is... Uh, is that gonna be is enough? that enough time? Like yeah. what six months? Like is that enough time? Is it enough to be dude, proficient enough to match a guy who's been wrestling since he was a teenager? Is that ten thousand hours? Because you gotta <laughs> get ten thousand hours to be a professional. So I think I'm gonna so we'll conclude it right now. I think Eddie wins this fucking fight. I think Eddie that's gonna wins be a shocker fight. to the UFC, man. I'm telling you right now because people underestimate. This is an, this is an underestimated. Eddie, it's an underestimated. If it goes fight. To, hold on, hold on. If it, it goes to a decision, Connor wins regardless. I'm calling it because right they need to. Now. Exactly. Yeah. They need to keep that name going. They need to keep Connor going because he's such a big star. And every hometown is his hometown, and exactly. he'll always get the hometown. To <laughs> exactly. Um, I, every town is my hometown, <laughs> and I hope everywhere that. is fucking heavy with me. Everywhere. <laughs> 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 My fucking decision. <laughs> <laughs> I've got fans all over the fucking. <laughs> <laughs> he hurts, and Nate gets the winner of this fight, regardless of who wins. Really? Damn. Yeah. So we can, be a, the we can see a triple, a triple shot. Well, because tragic. let's think about yeah, it. That's match. the best money be a... for the UFC. You just had Connor fight. Whether he wins or lose, everybody's fucking eyes are on that. But I thought he was taking a year off. Connor's taking a year off. But who? But if Connor takes out, if I Connor, see what you're saying now. If Connor takes a year off, but he wins this, Nate's Connor, probably down with a year layoff. So check it out. Yeah, if Connor takes a year off, okay, and he wins he does this fight, so much other shit. Listen, listen, I'm telling you right now. If Connor takes a year off, okay, and he waits for, uh, he wins this fight. He okay, takes wait, a year hold off, on. I I'm think that's you, depending if, if on he if wins, he wins or loses. Okay, if he wins and he takes a year off. The trilogy with Nate Diaz is going to be the most anticipated yeah. fight it'll since be, it'll be, fucking yeah. Pacquiao it'll be, Mayweather. Yeah. Yeah, Even though be. that I fight didn't, I don't think it that touches fight, that. I it probably won't. I don't think it. I think it I, for I think UFC. It, you mean for I, UFC I think viewings? It, well, UFC. Per, yeah, that's within within the UFC, UFC viewings, yeah. not in general. But anyways, uh, Alvarez. I'm, dude, I'm picking Alvarez. I'm picking Alvarez. For the sake of the podcast, I'm going to pick McGregor. Because fuck you. McGregor, the only way McGregor's winning is if it's the first round or a decision. Yeah. I can see a second round knockout because he still had gas in the second. Third round, he starts gassing. And uh, I think because of his fucking ego, I don't know if he's trained hard enough to have a super, like, the kind of Nate Diaz-esque stamina. I don't think he'll ever, ever, ever reach that. I think his gas tank will always be kind of a problem. Yeah, kind of, yeah. Especially since he spends so much energy with his attacks because of his speed. And yeah. He puts so much speed and uh, power behind everything he throws. And he's and not, like, like, technical by any means. Like, he's not a technical boxer. He's very freestyle. He's not a technical uh, technical he, kickboxer. He he's like, what? He's not technical in any but, so that's the fight talk. Sorry it went a little bit longer than you, you would have expected. But, but this it's because fight card is a little bit longer than you're used to. It's an amazing card. Sorry, and, I didn't like, mean to be a little bit longer than you used so, to. <laughs> it's so oh, great. Don't, don't I recommend oh, don't everybody to check this out. To watch when, it. Because the next, the next... It's going to be straight entertaining. The next fight preview that they're actually going to hear is the fight preview for Kovalev Ward. Ward. And I'm going to go in-depth on, on also the Clarissa Shields fight. I'm also, there's like... And that's like the... There's only two good undercard fights, by the way. So that's going to be a bonus episode. 
episode four hours. So um, well, no, you guys will get that. <laughs> so it's not going to be like a shit ton of fights, or I'm not going to be desperate to try and hit. It's mostly going to be just yeah, the breakdown it's, it's, of Kovalev War. It's going to be one fight, one of the most most important fight of the year, hands down. Hands down. So Kovalev was born to a bitch of a mother. Right? Oh, he just so you guys know, oh, six gonna, ounce, thirteen ounces. Like his mother he was up a on the saint. Shoes. And I'm, I'm going to be watching to as you guys are watching. There's no way I'm not watching that fucking. <laughs> it's going to be because we have to. We have to. Well, like I'm going to be watching. I'm going to be. I'm going to get in depth. I'm just not going to be there with you. But we're going to be talking about. It. Oh, just Andy's going to feel me in spirit, and I guarantee you, me and Andy are going to be texting each other. Yeah, guarantee. <laughs> we're doing the preview show when we do it here. We're going to do it on the 9th. We're going to record it. Uh, it's going to air on the 11th, but that's going to be the preview show. I'm going to break down in their backstories a little bit, how they got to where they are, why they're important, their strengths, their weaknesses, their styles, what both their game plan needs to be to win, and ultimately, my prediction. You're going to get all that in that episode. It's going to be my birthday week. <laughs> oh yeah, and then we got Steve's birthday, whatever. No, no, no. Oh, my, my birthday doesn't matter. Yeah. No, my, my birthday doesn't matter at all. You're right. But, yeah, you piece of shit. Yeah, so what why birthday? you keep bringing it up? Yeah. God. Why you keep trying to put it into our fucking oh, brain? Speaking of my birthday, since so you guys just brought it up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> you are not allowed to say those fucking words to me. Don't call me Mrs. Check. Your privilege. I want equality. And you ain't pretty. Don't call me him, her, Zim, or Mr., or even she. Show me respect, inspect your sex, I'm non binary. <laughs> Solid. I'm non binary, Andy. So, what's the subject? Why'd you make that song? What's, um, what are we talking no, about? Hold on. What, what, what about the new listeners? What about all these newer people? What about people that don't know what is non binary? You, you gotta no, explain. I'll, I'll explain to you. Uh, binary. Non, it's non binary, non bender from what? Futurama. <laughs> what binary means when it's referring to by binary because binary code is zeros and ones it's only two things two options binary yeah. her or him that's it that's yeah, all you get that's what they're referring to is uh, when you refer to people as only he or she those are like binary pronouns that means people can only be he or she what about people who don't like who aren't he's or she's what about people who are in transition what about people who don't want to identify as a certain sex they don't feel that way we're calling them non-binary people who don't want to gender is a, is just a social construct and i don't apply to it excuse so, me sorry to interrupt you where's your bathroom off? for dolphins <laughs> so <laughs> so that is actually uh speciesist and i think you need to check your privileges <laughs> So non-binary is referred to someone who doesn't want to go by he or she. They have extra pronouns for that. And, and they, someone who and can they, here's what's identify funny. It's, as It's the always same. these motherfuckers who, like, aren't going through transition that want – like, those are the always ones that are fighting for this. And the people who are in transition, whether they be a man turning into a woman or a woman turning into a man through the surgeries and all that kind of – the therapy, all that stuff, they don't want to be given these non-binary things. They want to be – referred to as the gender they are transferring to that's their goal is to become this thing and they want to be called by that a man in transition wants to be referred to as she like that's the fucking point you're right and yet these other motherfuckers who just have nothing to fight for because they just need some kind of thing they go oh well even though that i am a single mother of one and my i broke up with the father because i'm a bitch um, <laughs> I'm non, totally non-binary. I have no sex. I have no gender. I'm pansexual. I think of all these names. I want you to refer to me. I as have Z. no sex because I'm a single parent. <laughs> they have like twenty something different uh, pronouns instead of he or she, and it's so hard to remember. And they expect you to before you even 
like when you first meet somebody to ask what their thing is or something, like, I don't know how they expect you to like ask. Cause then if you just assume, oh yeah, she like, did you just assume my gender? Yep. That's an actual thing. And they get you really mad at gender, you yeah. and you're an asshole. No, no, they're an asshole for calling you an asshole because they're an asshole. Yeah. And what is Zim from? Invader Zim from Nickelodeon. <laughs> Get over it. He has no gender. <laughs> Get over it. <laughs> He's a green space man, and that's what we need to be striving for. Green is space an alien society oh, that was so far Zim, Apparently, Zim is a gender-neutral pronoun, so that means that yeah, you're it's not- non-binary. It is non-binary. Non-binary. Yeah. So, it's a, so it's the new he, her. But you oh, yeah, so I fucked up. Yeah, Zim. All those things I'm saying. It's You're Zim. Zim. It's Invader Zim from Nickelodeon because what they're saying is they're an alien race that are so far advanced technologically. They got that way by no longer agreeing to social constructs. Wait, that's like a real gender. thing? No, I'm just making this up. Oh, man. <laughs> Dude, man, I was, I was like, fucking, holy shit. I've been fucking <laughs> trolling you for a fucking solid five minutes, guy, bro. Guy, you motherfuckers. Yeah. That would make, that would Sometimes be, I get got. Sometimes that, I get got. That sounds like something they would say is if we stop these social constructs of gender, that's not a social construct. That's a nature construct. Mm-hmm. But if you want to battle nature, whatever, that's fine. Yeah, uh, you're going to lose, homeboy. <laughs> nature versus nurture, Lodge. <laughs> nature. Nature's non binary, oh, pimp. That's all, that's all I know. Nature is Mother binary. Nature is non- yeah, Mother Nature is binary as fuck. They- <laughs> Homosexuality is in nature, but once again, it's still binary. I mean, they still say, no, I'm a man who likes to fuck men. I'm yeah. not a nothing that likes to fucking nothing. No, I- <laughs> you mean uh, I'm a Zim? Come I'm on, not a Zim who likes to what if fuck a Zim. I can see porn getting more branched out, like non-binary porn and shit. Well, I mean, porn's also just, based they're off of so, They're Zim trying to get fucked by Zur. Yeah. Like, I can see porn where they're checking each other's privileges all the time, you know, like every five minutes. Whoa, whoa, whoa. So you forgot to check my privilege two hours ago, two seconds ago. <laughs> oh, check my privilege now. Check my privilege. Oh, check my privilege. Check my privilege. Oh, <laughs> constantly like fucking porn. Constantly like, oh, I, oh, I know you're a woman. That means you're amazing. And you're better than me in every way, and you're just you're always right. And just like I get it. I mean, I'm a male feminist, and I feel for you. Oh my god, you're so romantic. Let's have sex. Oh, are you sure you want to have sex? <laughs> I'm I'm, I'm kind of. Sh- you have to be 100 sure. Can you write down on this contract that you agree to all the stipulations <laughs> of? Oh my god, uh, I, they did this in that book I really like, Fifty Shades of Grey. I sign your name. <laughs> I sign your name. Agree that I initial, will let you initial wow, here, my uh, fucking thumbprint here. Uh, so, right, you have to, this one is this is a standard I'm sober when I sign this agreement so you're agreeing that you're sober while you're signing the sex agreement so that there's no going back and saying that there was any kind of rape sign all that okay mm. okay God this will here one more time you okay. have to you have to double <laughs> sign on the dotted line that's all I know like you make sure you double sign because I need to make sure and then you have to tell me after you sign it is it okay for me to fuck you like can I fuck your non-binary whatever orifice uh, that you want me to there. punch? Like what? What, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want me to do here? This is so confusing. What happened? Right, wait, what happened with women that you should say? Why don't you just come fuck me, huh? That to me is the most sexy thing in the world. When a girl just like, no, come fuck me, or come come here and fuck me, or let me come there and you fuck me. So this week, all three of us have talked about. Damn, have you guys uh, seen Joe Rogan's new fucking stand-up? We listened on both of our favorite podcasts, uh, JRE, Joe Rogan Experience, and Bill Burr's podcast, which Joe came on there. It's a great Plug Joe's podcast. new show, which is, it had been nine years since fucking uh, Bill started his podcast, and he finally had Joe on, even though he's been on Joe, Joe's multiple Mo- fucking like times. Four times. Yeah. Um, I love it. It was, it was so fucking informative, so amazing. 
I loved what he did with Burr, and I love that Burr was like, I love yeah, that man, dynamic. I only, like, I only do like an hour, man, so we, we can wrap this up. And then they went on for another 30 minutes <laughs> of them having a good time. Like, I, I love that. And I like that Bill didn't cut it out because Bill doesn't believe in editing. He just uploads whatever. Well, he has a blue band. He has he has a guy that he sends it to, and the dude edits it. That's why you get all these uh, other episodes that are from 2008, 2009, and he's just Oh, yeah, he also does the music. Yeah, he also does the music. He has an editor. He has an editor is all I'm saying, but continue. Yeah, so Joe's been plugging it. Obviously, we've all heard that Joe's going to come out with a new special. We're huge fans of Joe. Any of our biggest uh, comedic fans, which we talked about in the comedy episode, how Joe's a big influence, even to this show, us calling a three-hour show is mainly yeah. because of his. Uh, so if Joe did it, we could do it, right? <laughs> So Joe announced basically he has a show coming out. Just got released on fucking Netflix. So as soon as it came out, Chris like, boom, watch it. Amazing. You guys check it out. Friend of mine, so Travis good. at work, same thing. Check it out. It's called Triggered. And Joe touches on everything that we're dealing with right now. Even South Park touches on. He even brings up Trey Parker and Matt yeah. in his show, which I thought was really cool. But he did it for different reasons than the whole Trigger thing. Because he could have brought up. Because obviously the episode or the, the our special is recorded probably months back. I just want to say this back. one thing real fast. Um, so he was talking about all the feedback that he gets and everything and like oh, the, all the hate and everything. And it wasn't even social justice warriors coming after him. He said what he got coming after him was uh, civil rights activists. For PTSD, for right? For PTSD. So like he would get these activists who are sitting there saying that we shouldn't be going to war. And then they were saying that because he used the word triggered that it would trigger veterans into making bad decisions. And that he said that was the most complaint that he's got from it I'm yet. I'm triggered now. Which I'm offended by what that make, person said. I'm offended by what you told me that you read <laughs> that, the person, <laughs> that the person said. Like, there's a whole so level of it. Dude, I'm like... Dude, this is Inception tr- trigger level. You know what I mean? Yeah, You're inceptioning me. Like, and trigger level. It's like I'm offended inside of a being offended inside of you being offended inside of Taco Bell inside <laughs> of all inside of your dream. Did, 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 did anybody order a pizza? <laughs> inside your dreams. Oh man, the, the special was like I was like in the per- was it like the first forty five seconds or so? He such a great joke talking about just fucking getting high. Off of shit. And he's in San Francisco oh, yeah. too. And I love he's that he talking does about like all the benefits of all these like oh it does getting all these crazy things. It was, and it lets you communicate I'm like oh, I can't yeah. I don't want to say it. It lets you communicate with dolphins. I didn't want to say it. I don't want to ruin the joke for people. Right. See, most people know Joe Rogan as obviously the guy from fucking Fear Factor. Most do. Then they know him from UFC. Or most the failed people, reboot of the man show. Yeah. Most but the funny thing is, Damn. a lot of people don't realize, because not even myself, when I first discovered his original stand-up, I was like, what? Also, that that guy does stand-up because he, came, he became famous in a different way. He became famous from doing these other TV shows. And yet when the, it was announced, like, oh, no, he, he's a stand-up comedian, people didn't know him as such. So it's like, well, why would I listen to this guy? Who the fuck does he know? He's He's... 
you know, on this television show, he's on Fear Factor. But if you actually go back and even watch, he's shows, on Fear. Oh, he's, he's on Fear Factor and he commentates for fighting. Like, how funny could the guy be? <laughs> oh, really funny! Oh, yeah, kind of hilarious. Funny, like, oh, like, kind of really within Fear Factor, you could see his little humor because he'd be making these little fucking remarks as to trying to eat brain guts or whatever, yeah. and it was kind of funny. And the first time I saw him on a, a comedic basis was when the Chappelle Man Show. show? No, when the oh. Man Show oh, got you're, rebooted. You're when the yeah. Man Show got rebooted, and then the Ch- Chappelle Show, of course, but Chappelle Show, he also kind of pigeonholed himself into the idea of still being a TV host because he played himself as the Fear Factor guy. Yeah. So it wasn't necessarily like, oh, this comedian's on Chappelle Show. It was the Fear Factor guy yeah. is on Chappelle Show. The Fear Show. Factor guy is doing the Fear Factor thing on the fucking Chappelle exactly. Show. Exactly. So, but I remember like also what was fucking great. One of the, like the first times I saw Joe be like really funny uh, before I started getting into his stand-up was like, an episode of fucking Tosh.0 in like the first season or something like that. He brings on Doug fucking Stanhope and Joe Rogan as like, he's like, I couldn't get Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel, so I got the second man show, guys. I got guys. the best. No, sorry. But Jimmy, uh, fucking Adam Carolla and Jimmy Kimmel, they're cool, fine. They're, they're, they're great in front of the camera, but comedic-wise... They don't even hold a fucking. Oh, ask the, oh they don't yeah. hold anything. Yeah, let's be clear. To Joe and fucking let's, guy yeah. named Doug Stanhope. Not okay. Stanhope and Doug. Stanhope is one of the best comics in the world. Let's be clear. It's because as stand as stand up comedians, Joe and Doug just eclipse them unequivocally. Yeah, exactly. They're fucking next level. Like, I'm, for I, sure. It's so different. But the actual man show iterations, the original was so much. The first man show no, with Adam. It was, they, no, you're it right. Was, yeah, it was you're several right. seasons. I have, I think, season four. Oh, it was it's, an amazing. It's show. so good. But then at, when they tried to reboot it, they were so handcuffed so badly that they weren't allowed to be themselves, and they had to. They were so restrained, and it couldn't be as good. Like if they made it now, they could probably make an amazing show. Like fucking HBO would pick it up, and they would have the greatest fucking show. Yeah, Comedy world. Central limited them, but not only that, but they tried to like get the old feel but in a new but, way yeah, and like even my, but, joe questioned it because joe was like i don't want to reboot these guys that did such a great job don't fix something that wasn't broken in the first place both of them questioned even doing the show and they were almost like pushed to, to do it and even they felt like they felt like sticky about it you know what i mean yeah. like they felt like feel, i don't want to do that i don't want to step on these guys who and created uh, greatness I, what, I was, what i brought that up is like like he was on Tosh point and he was just coming like Every second, it was another great fucking one-liner of instantly just funny, 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 funny. Like, and it was like, this guy's fucking hilarious. What the fuck? I might not know about a stand-up kind of thing. But uh. And for me, the first time, I went over to Dave and Adams years back, and at Danny, all them, they would always walk into the house, they're watching something. They're watching fucking, you know, uh, Japanese anime. They're, they're watching something, or they're stand-up, or they're playing video games. But I come in there, and I see Joe Rogan on stage, and I was like, or no, sorry, he wasn't, he wasn't even on stage. He was just talking to the camera. I walked in when they first started his first special that I saw, and he's basically explaining to the camera how individuals like us, humanity, is just mold on bread. And he's giving glimpses of Earth from an airplane and things like that, and like how we are just a fucking molecule that's eating up everything that's beautiful, and we're disgusting and and vile. And it was so beautiful. We're a fungus. And it was such a good introduction to his show, because it was like, whoa, what the fuck? What's this guy? What's the Fear Factor guy doing on there? And the next clip, he walks on stage, and I was like, what? He's doing a fucking, he's doing a thing? He's doing a bit? He's <laughs> doing a thing? I said, because I'm obviously I had huge fans of uh, stand-up comedy. I just had no idea about him. And then I sit down and I watch it and I'm like, this 
because I came at it super underestimating this guy. Super bad. Like, oh, this fucking, fucking fear factor guy. And I laughed my ass off. And it was fucking extremely intellectual. Like, the guy is very fucking smart, which we know. We're fans of his podcast. You said, I think it was you, Adnan, who said it was like, um, like, there's a type of comedy that he does. And it was like a phila- philosophical comedy. Thank you. Phila- <laughs> phila- <laughs> he does flan comedy. Phenom comedy. <laughs> philosophical. Phenom. Phil- <laughs> Philosophical. Philosophical. For some reason, like philosophy I have a really is what hard, it is. I have a really hard time pronouncing that word for some reason. And names. And Very names. Good. And general words. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm with you guys. Um, I've, I've. You've been a fan of Joe Rogan. We know it's your second favorite comedian. Uh, He's comedian. helped me in like so many ways that I couldn't even like. I couldn't even like. Well, put this it on, show like, wouldn't be this show because you. I mean, we didn't even know you were a fan of podcasts. Adney's been listening to podcasts forever. I didn't even know about podcasts. Adney would talk about it. Then Julio, he brought it up, and I'm like, hey, I never heard it. And he's the one that made me download Pendulette's first one. And then once we discovered you listen to podcasts, we were at Christian's house, and you were like, oh, dude, I'm a huge fan of JRE. That's like the main thing you listen to. And that was like the whole thing of what do you listen to? Which shows do you listen to? And then we were asking each other and bringing up each other's uh, fucking whatever we were subscribed to. We were bringing up our subscribed podcasts. And it just it, it escalated from there. It fucking uh, – it – snowballed from there to us deciding why don't we do a show together after we had been writing for a minute you know what I mean so if anything it's Joe Rogan is responsible for kind of even this happening yeah, for sure. in a sense Joe is just like it's hard for me to talk about it because I implement so many things from his fucking podcast or from this or from that into my life like what's knowledge? I've fallen in love with knowledge. martial arts now like because of Joe Rogan I felt like I had watched the UFC before but I was a casual fan. I didn't really get it. And then once you were I getting got the Abney mentality of the fight. Yeah, now <laughs> like like he he puts that mentality, in, and then he's also like somebody who doesn't sit around. You know, he's somebody who's constantly well, active. No, he's a, he's it a, can be he's with a weed, smoker, and he be, doesn't get around. That's the it thing. It can be with weed. It can be with his kids. It can be with his diet. It can be with hunting. It can be with this. It can be with that. He's just so like. What's well, so interesting? He doesn't refrain himself to like a construct. Like okay, we're in this little building, and everything we have to do is within this little building he's like no well, what's outside of the little building what if i what if i have a little branch that's going to go outside and then after a couple days it grows like does it grow does it seek the light or does it seek the darkness what's actually happening here and he just goes into he's everything an active into depth. person and a thinker that's like the biggest what's, thing that, is no, what's what's in, it's it's what's well, it's so much more that it's that he is a jack of all trades even and he, a master yeah, of none yep yeah um he he's in, like he's used his success as a bridge in order to reach so many different subjects and he He's open. He's acknowledging that he doesn't know everything, which is something that so many people don't acknowledge. Don't do it yeah, all. Exactly. They, and people he are like, oh, no, he's wrong. I know what I'm talking about. He's like, well, actually, you just mentioned something. I had no idea about it. Well, okay, yeah. tell me more. And he's up into new things, to learning about new things, and to becoming interested, always wanting to like. Remaining a he's, student. He wants to like. He likes liking things. <laughs> and he's Nerdism. a giant nerd. And what's great is that every time he gets into something, he gets philosophical about it. He like, why does this have meaning to me? Why does that have, why, what, what other purpose does this thing have? What is this teaching me just about life in general? And he goes so far. Even, like, he gets really philosophical about fucking weed, about how the effects of certain chemicals 
and how certain kinds of strand like certain things are psychoactive and certain things are like different and like some things are he gets into fucking nutrition he gets love that he loves bow hunting he loves regular hunting he loves farming he fucking loves fighting he loves comedy he loves all these different things that he gets interested in and he tries to learn about science and even though he fucking he'll have a hard time because he gets, he gets fucking baked and he just doesn't know <laughs> and he gets through a fucking rabbit hole but that's what i love about him is he's always like, I, I mean the last time i had sam harris on the podcast i took to some of these fucking <laughs> some of this spray and I was fucking barbecue. <laughs> no idea what the fucking guy was talking about. He's a fucking neuroscientist and I'm here gone. <laughs> he's, he's my quintessential example of what I would like to be as in being interested in a successful things. podcaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that first thing. Or, such or a successful comedian. Uh, no, but it's, we're all unsuccessful podcasters right now. It's being interested in multiple things and with him it's easy because that's Joe Rogan. He does multiple things. But when we have people like us who do you do your one thing and you do it well and that's it. And I yeah. fucking hate that because I've like we've discussed before on the show is people uh, shitting on the idea of hobbies. And I've dealt with that plenty of times and I still deal with that to this day. It's if I'm not interested in food, if it's not about food, then you need to not do that. Don't do that. Um, I actually decided last night. I think I want to become a culinary professor instead of a culinary uh, restaurant owner. Really? I think I want to start teaching food instead of uh, owning Molding a young minds when they're still like glossy Not eyed. that. I don't like young people. No. <laughs> so Joe Rogan's new stand-up, like we said, it just came out, and he touches on a lot of great fucking topics. It's the actual stand-up is called fucking Triggered, which is so fucking perfect and it's so on the nose for society at this moment right now the pendulum swing is so fucking far to one side that the pc movement most fucking shows most popular shows are touching on the same fucking topic south park is a perfect example one of the biggest shows in television history especially fucking animation wise is touching on this topic then Joe comes out. He touches on the topic. Most podcasts touch on this topic of sensitivity. It is a hot topic right now. And I think it's perfect that he mentioned or that he named it Triggered as the fucking name of the show. Oh, he nailed and it. And he, the- he touches on topics that are a problem now, like gender equality. Everyone's talking about fucking gender equality. Males can do every job that females do, and females can do every job that males do. But then you also get these fucking douchebag dudes, like Adney's brought up before, who will try to sell themselves to these women of being these PC fucking these PC guys who are different. We're I'm not the same. Oh, I can't believe these. Oh, I'm to not you. that guy. You can usually like, um, you can usually tell like them apart pretty easily because it's they never disagree with what a feminist says. Like. No, there's legitimately nutty shit in the things they say. You can draw a fucking line and say, oh, whoa, whoa, okay, let's take a step back. Okay, come on. <laughs> Don't get crazy. You can say that. I can believe that the sexes are equal. We're just good in different areas. I believe that. But I, I'm not going to sit I'm here and fucking... 100%. Well, I'm the same as a dolphin, Adney. Why can't I swim as good as one? I'm not going to say that we're going to... I'm not, I'm not going to concede so a bunch of shit. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not just be like, oh, no, you're right. No, you're right. And not fucking argue with your fucking bullshit logic most of the time. Don't tell me how to fucking speak, you piece of shit. And if, any, and if anybody has been in a long-term relationship, you know it is completely unhealthy to agree with everything the person says. Those motherfuckers with. are always the ones that they're not compelling in any way personally. They're not sexually attractive. 
they're not like f- their faces aren't fucking good looking. They're not funny. They're, they're very not cool. average individuals. They're so fucking oh mediocre. They're God. mediocre you individuals. Guys are, you guys are naming off all the and like I got one right here. And they're all like that. And like their their way of getting female attention is by doing this. That's oh no, so I'm different crazy. from all those guys, and you should pay attention to me because I'm emotionally different, and I agree with you. And oh my God, I'm on your side. They're against you. They're animals, and they always talk shit about guys are pigs. Oh, that guy's an asshole. How dare he fuck you and not be immediately in a relationship with you he owes you a relationship now because you fucked him one time like fuck yeah me. i mean why are you being so non-sensitive right now i have a vagina okay and i have to open I have a vagina, my vagina but that doesn't make me a female so watch your mouth okay watch your fucking you mouth cisgendered overly privileged asshole <laughs> And see that that's seventy percent, okay? That's a <laughs> giant mental fucking problem. That's a mental issue when someone completely agrees with everything somebody else wants. That's a blank fucking that's the uh bias. if they're honest. Only if they're on and they honestly feel it's that the way. Keanu most of the time being in a relationship, you're a blank space and you're just like getting filled with whatever. Yeah, most of the time though, it's 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 an act. It's them pretending they agree with that way and trying to portray and constantly working. Which is less worse than the people who really believe Constantly <laughs> fucking working to make people believe they believe this shit so they can get close to these fucking girls who they wouldn't have any fucking chance with otherwise. Because I mean, pussy makes you do weird day, things at They are guys. They are guys. They want fucking pussy. And I can tell Whoa, you. Are you mean gender specific right now? Super specific. They're guys? Whoa, yep. bro. Yep. Whoa, bro. I think you need to ask yep. them individually what Cis they consist they are. What in fucking Zim and Zim. Like, like, you know how hard it is like as a guy to say no to sex? Like, Jesus. It's impossible. <laughs> it's literally so impossible. Which we learned last week when we put up the bonus it's episode. Impossible. <laughs> you, it, it's impossible. It's, it's it's taken. It's, what if she turns on you? No, I did the Good perfect. Luck. No, I already did the perfect metaphor. It's you're a lion. You're constantly fuck. Well, the lion not really because lions don't actually hunt. Oh, I thought but, you needed the perfect metaphor. I thought you needed the perfect metaphor. Oh, you want to fucking fight me about it, bro? I already said it. It's I said it's Dawkins gazelle. <laughs> it's <Dawkins>. evolutionary <laughs> fucking trait. It's, that no, shouldn't it's, happen. You're a fucking leopard, honey. Because we can still use gazelles. <laughs> <laughs> you're a fucking. Leopard. You've been hunting your entire. Fu- every, every time you hunt, you're hunting like, and your your actual success rate. 30%. You're not getting at a lot. the best. See, so you're fucking... Women are at 95%. So, so, <laughs> no, so, no, you're, so you're stoked. So you're stoked every time you get that actual kill. You're constantly hunting. The women, that's the fucking prey. You're constantly working to try and earn that one fucking thing. You're also trying to get that gazelle. That's a guy trying to get laid. He's constantly working. Everything he does is working him well, towards getting laid. before you call it a gazelle, you need to know it's gender pronoun, Adney. Shut the fuck <laughs> up. <laughs> Animals have gender pronouns too, Adney. So good. You better fucking check your male and gender pronouns. Check your right privilege, now. faggot. <laughs> <laughs> Name him on the podcast. <laughs> It's only check your it's only funny to people. Actually, got something to say. Actually, got I got something to say related to that. But I'll get to it in a second. But here's the thing: is like so, constantly hunting for that gazelle. You always have to work for it. You only get thirty percent success rate. Now all of a sudden, you wake up from your little cat nap, and there's a fucking <laughs> gazelle walks up to you, breaks its own neck, and then falls gently into your uh. mouth, and you're like. <laughs> A free meal? Not supposed to gonna, eat it. Are you gonna huh? say, "Oh no, oh, no, I can't"? No, are I you can't. sure? Are you I promised. I promised I was gonna be on a zebra diet. <laughs> I can only eat zebra. No, motherfucker, you are gonna eat the shit out of that fucking gazelle, and, and then you're not gonna tell anybody. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's what it is. I'm gonna and eat you, gazelle, and I need you to keep your fucking mouth shut. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and it's just. 
oh my god, it's just that's what it's like as well, a man. Well, you said it. You don't need to explain to Billy. No. After that, and what I wanted and uh, what I wanted to say to that was like the whole like check your privilege faggot <laughs> because like we never like oh I, I wanted to point out that um, when I was watching SNL and Tom Hanks was like because he's like yeah Time Magazine like was talking about how I'm America's dad and it's like yeah we all feel that way Tom Hanks you are the offs you're always the dad figure in every movie you're the father like, figure I never had <laughs> he's like so. With as America a, never goes, had. So, as America's father, I want to have a little chat with you. He takes off his suit jacket and puts on a dad sweater, and he sits down behind a black screen. He talks directly in the camera. Such a as he's, and, he, that, and he talks to the camera as if he's talking to the country, as if it's his son. And he starts doing the, it's, it's, it's hilarious metaphors and all this great stuff. And he says, well, hey, and also, I noticed that, uh, you know, you're changing in color. You're getting a lot more diverse with your colors, and I think that's absolutely amazing. And then, uh, like, he's, like, basically, like, doing the metaphor of, like, and he, he says, like, as a country founded by immigrants and consisting of immigrants, that's natural. You should be proud of the fact that you're so diverse. He says that, and the crowd, it's, like, hushed, and you hear a couple of people going, yeah, <laughs> like, everyone's kind of like, oh, I don't feel, I don't really like brown people or black people. That's what the feel was of the crowd, and then he keeps talking about, and he talks about how, like, also, you're getting a lot more uh, fluid with your sexuality. You're, you're opening self up, and that's, and, like, talking about how, like, homosexuality is a natural thing, and it's great. And, like, more I'm, colorful. I'm proud that you're being honest about it, and, like, you're, you're finding yourself. That's a good thing, too. He says that metaphor, and the entire crowd erupts with cheering i'm like oh fuck you racist motherfuckers you bring any you bring anything up that we are an immigrant country people like we're a melting pot that's that's that is what makes us who we are and that's a problem people try to people want to ignore it they want to ignore the fact that we're all immigrants that we all came together we are we are test subject that's what america is i bet you all those motherfuckers think they're super aggressive even though they were kind of groaning at the fact that immigrants live here that people that aren't white that the country isn't only white is that just what it felt like and it's just like they were just like about the fact yeah they was talking about how being more diverse and being more like racially like like the numbers being equal the numbers being more equal it's not just a huge majority of one race white people and then it's much more evenly distributed and like they just were like if there's fucking 30% white people and fucking 70% black people what are what are they they're the minorities. <laughs> no, they're not the minorities. We're the minorities. But no, that's the black and brown people. <laughs> it's like Cartman touches on it perfectly of people being idiotic, thinking minority is they they pinpoint minority they just, they just with someone as a racial term instead exactly. of a, a numeric term. Egg. That's what it is. It's a numeric go. term. Uh, the percentage that, that was of something. that was kind of different from what the thing is, but uh, but so. Ah, I just wanted to bring that up. This is the big problem with. (laughs) It bothered the fuck out of me. (laughs) So, this is the big problem with the pendulum swing swinging one way and not balancing itself out, which it will eventually do because that's how things work. But for the time being, you get gentlemen who constantly try to show women that they're different, but they're trying to get laid still. They're still the piece of shit dudes, but they've worked the system. They fucking hacked the system. They're the anonymous guys of trying to get laid. They're like, we're we're coming here to attack these females' vagina. Wise. <laughs> Let me tell you something about those guys. <laughs> and that's this is the big fucking problem is people are too scared to be themselves now because they're trying to put on this. It's they're chameleons. A lot of people become chameleons in a sense to continue to try to get fucking laid. And Joe Rogan touches on the whole thing perfectly with this new stand-up called Triggered. And he brings up all these fucking points of yes, equality is good. That's fine. But some jobs, which we've 
fucking talked about before are can be done better by females and some jobs can be done better by fucking That's what females. I was saying earlier that Chris was all I don't agree with that which was that like equal just we're better at different things. Yeah, like, we are. There's you have your strength, I have my strengths. They don't always cross over. There's nothing wrong with saying that somebody has their individual strengths. That's what makes us individuals. That's what makes the genders individual fucking genders or non-binary or no, whatever, no. whatever the ones. But <laughs> whatever. You're, you're gender exclusive. <laughs> you're talking about a male and a female. Like, but like, see, women, like, is, is women, like women love to talk about how like they're the way better at multitasking and they're way more like emotionally open so they're mentally healthier and like other shit like that. It's like, oh, and then men, of course, we have like science and mathematics and, you know, all the other good things. Whoa! Oh, whoa! It's the podcast! What the fuck? Oh, I hit you, didn't I? Yeah. Cultural appropriation, what we wanted to bring up in general is the fact that... What, let's, let's define what cultural appropriation is. What that is, it's when, when someone like finds that a certain race and that race's culture does certain things. They have certain habits. They have certain things that they created from their place and it's associated with them. And then you, as a different race... Take what makes that unique and then displays it yourself. It's like, oh, well, you're st- – and they accuse them, oh, well, you're stealing their culture. You're appropriating it, making it yours. It doesn't belong to you. You shouldn't take it. Something that's Now, real- I understand how when you have some stupid, ditzy white bitch high on drugs at Coachella wearing a fucking Native American headdress, that's stupid and douchey and annoying. But it doesn't mean it's a, it should be like – Oh, like you have to, you can grab her and stop her and tell her not to do it. No, take off all your clothes right you're now. You're allowed to be you're a, a douche. I mean, it's a. I am upset. Take off your pants. I'm sorry, but you're allowed but, to be a douche. You're but, allowed to yeah, be a douche. But listen, that is freedom. Listen, that's an extreme circumstance. Most of the time, cultural appropriation is a thing that we do every day, and it's really good. It's something that should be celebrated. The fact that. Because that's how you break racism. That's, that's what America what, is. That's that's one of the ways you break racism is I don't like you. I don't like your people. But then when you start to experience that person, that person's life, you spend time with that person and their family and their friends and you get used to that culture. Then you fall in love with the beauty that is their culture. One of Bruce Lee's greatest philosophies was all about teaching his culture to people. He grew up – He when he came to the U.S., he dealt with racism so fucking bad. People were calling him chink and gook and all these horrible fucking in things. hometown. And even and when he started teaching martial arts to fucking white people and black people, everyone that he met, like, no, I want to spread not only the knowledge I have and this beautiful philosophical art, but just the culture of my entire country, my Chinese culture. I want to share that. They told him, don't do it. His own people told him, yeah, don't exactly, do that. Yeah. Don't do that. You shouldn't do that. Like, that's – you shouldn't teach them. Like, they don't deserve to know our thing. It's like, listen, like – and, and like it's, it's actually a really cool scene in that movie Dragon the Bruce yeah, Lee exactly. story. Yeah, I'm going to say that it's all in all that, of the it's, Chinese people yeah, are telling yeah, them not to do it. Yeah, they're like, you need, we order you to stop teaching the Guaylo. Guaylo is they're talking about white people and they say Guaylo, but uh, and he, and he it teaches, means he's white like, devil. He's like, listen, he's like, <laughs> he's like, and he's like, well, you don't understand. He's like, you know, they only hate us because they don't understand the beauty of our culture. We've been so close for so long, but we've never actually melted together. They don't see the beauty in us. Let's show it to them. 
that was a real philosophy that he, the real man actually had God was, damn. let me show you what my culture is. I want you to start adapting certain things that I do because I've already started adapting things that you do. Bruce Lee was very Americanized when he got here. Like his style was, that, was like fucking next level. He was super, he, he was doing style. something different. See, most he people loved, stuck he on loved, the same. Yeah, he loved to mix the cultures. He's like, I find beauty in all these different things. I want to combine them and enjoy everyone's culture. And it helps create the melting pot. The way things get better when you let every culture throw something in you could take something out like you don't have to be fucking a certain race to enjoy a certain thing and i feel like these people took like an extreme example a stupid example and they just fucking said oh well now culture appropriation is the thing and like this they drew this line so fucking far to one side that you're not allowed to do the slightest fucking thing and, the biggest- and i understand it gets annoying like when you have like in that episode of Atlanta when that fucking white dude is like he made black people a hobby. A hobby. He was like his like he like he acted like he knew more about being black than the guy he's talking to who's black. Like like you don't. You'll never know what it's like to be to be born and grew up with that skin color and be associated with everything that that's part of. You'll never will. And like the, he tries to act like, oh no, this is my, like it's his. Like that's different. Taking possession is one thing. That's something different. That's like saying, oh, it's mine and I know more about it. Like You're not allowed to do this. Like, you know what I mean? And like that's different than like fucking appreciating a culture and that's and like cultural appropriation it is now seems like this poisonous thing but in general it's good and it provides bridges for different cultures different races to come together and be have a great like friendship and things like that and the it biggest, allows you to like build alliances yeah, well, instead the, of like building the, the melting uh, pot is the idea of walls. melting <clears throat> together molding together into one appreciating these other things it's the it's the futuristic goobacks, <laughs> Adney. It's every. That's what it is. It's the goobacks. It's everything being molded together. Some of our greatest culture that America has produced was produced because there was different cultures mixing together to create something that was. What? No, culture. that's not true. Make America great again. We're all white. <laughs> make America. We're all white. I love that. <laughs> says, "Make America great again." What do you mean? When it was all white? That's what. That's what you want to mean when. Yes, sir. When it was segregated. That's, it, that I, was great. I won't. I will quote Joe Rogan. We have 4G everywhere, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That was America is. America is fucking. This is the best time ever to live. We got 4G everywhere, bitch. <laughs> like so that to me sense. is the most that that just sentence. We have 4G, bitch. Like everywhere we go. Just <laughs> that line is perfect explanation of like, what do you mean, make America grand? Rewind it back to where we have reached. Right now, we are. Not only the better than we've there ever were been, times but where it's a constant progression. We're constantly progressing. We don't want to take a step back. Cultural appropriation, when it's like, you're not allowed to act like this. Don't act like that. Be your own fucking culture. We're digressing. We're taking you're, a step back. You're making back. the boundaries darker and deeper and harder to cross. You're putting up borders instead of fucking breaking down the lines of letting everyone... Oh, I'll give you a border. It's going to be 10 feet high. That's peanuts. That's peanuts. <laughs> <laughs> taller, much taller. No, but I'll give you an example of small level... Culture appropriation. One of them was Justin Bieber getting dreads. Mm. You guys know about uh, you guys, you're about this? You know about this? <laughs> I, 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 I did not know about that. Oh, you really didn't know about this? Once again, that's a big thing is white dudes wearing dreads is a huge problem. Like, I don't like the way it looks. Personally, I think dreads don't look good, Chris. Sorry about past you. But <laughs> I don't like the look Nobody. of dreads. Um, I just, I, I was like, I just don't like it. It reminds me You've of those. You've never had sex with a chick who has dreads? No. 
yet. I think it's fucking hot. I, I love Judd's on Women. Yeah. I don't at all, and especially bitches at Coachella, because they... Like, <laughs> it's just, I, I think it's like... I, I, no, I, I, this is like... I can be boiling down to Adney hating Coachella. <laughs> yeah, like That's Coachella it. and this argument, like, there's Listen, two I'm separate... I'm fine with everybody being friends, but fuck Coachella! <laughs> Seriously! And fuck all those other stupid music festivals in the desert. Fuck Burning Man. Fuck you, Chris. Fuck you! <laughs> fuck you! Burning Man is the... Fuck you! No! Nope! In the podcast! Uh, we're gonna sit here and argue for a solid two hours now. Let me finish real quick. No! Fuck you! Listen. No! 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 I'm, I'm gonna, gonna let you sit here and bash Burning Man and then, and then I don't get to say anything! I'm done with Burning Man! I'm not gonna do Burning Man anymore. Like I said, I don't like dreads, but if you want them, ha- fucking have them, asshole. You can All be right. a douche with your dreads. I don't, I'm not really gonna care. Well, we, we didn't I don't understand like like fucking being so angry at it and like wanting to prevent it and making it this huge taboo to the point of it being an unwritten like law. I think that's dumb. Well, Let we, be I a, agree. We didn't give Let past Chris be a douche. Yeah, we didn't give listeners yeah. an example of why it's an issue. So the thing is, Justin Bieber started having dreads. So with the whole dreads things, there's a lot of people who are like, no, that that's our thing. That's that's. That's our thing. You can't do that. But the Vikings have been have dreads forever. Like it can be traced back to the beginning of even cavemen having dreads. No matter any culture, that you can't you can't say that someone stole something from you when you can't pinpoint its origin. You can't pinpoint the Logan of the fucking dreads. So if you don't know, except for. Mexican food, I think Taco Bell is cultural appropriation. I think we need to be banned. <laughs> oh I think we need to because it's poison. It's literally poisoning the population. It really is poison, but it's good. I'm about to go eat some Taco Bell after okay. this. But whatever. Uh, it doesn't matter that much because the only fucking people who I, actually eat Taco Bell are dumbass white girls at Coachella. Like, that's <laughs> it. <laughs> Let them die. Let them die. All of them. Burn it down. Burn it all down. <laughs> but, yeah, so that's... That's the, our issue with like we haven't even got to touch on this topic. I know we have so ever many before. That go to Coachella. It's it's so we gave you a base example, but it's anything that it's Coachella. it's basically anything that doesn't involve and your really culture that you're supposed to be loves with. Coachella. It's <laughs> so the topic is basically anything that doesn't involve your culture and how you're supposed to stick to your own race. Yeah, stick to your race. That's basically that's what, what it is. it's telling you. That's what culture appropriate like yeah. that's or what they made it out to be. Culture appropriation is supposed to be. It's a good thing, like Adney said. It's supposed to be a good thing. It's supposed to be everyone molding together. But when you make that's, it out to be a bad thing, here's what's happened. It's when you talked about earlier the pendulum swing. It's the it's uh, people who are self proclaimed liberals. Uh, they got they say like okay, they went so far to the left that they're getting fucking nutty at this point. To where something that's that's actually good in their minds, they're thinking it's bad instead of saying. Oh wow! Look at all the cultures mixing and creating a more diverse country, and everyone loving each other more, and everyone more accepting of each other's backgrounds, which is what you would think the liberal mindset should be. But instead, they're like, "Oh no, you're stealing culture," and they're going so far with that idea that it's stealing that they're now in their fucking heads. It's it's you're you're stealing culture, and everything needs to be separated. You can't steal from a culture. What that's the logical conclusion of that is you're creating borders, and everyone is only allowed to act their own race and be their own race and be identified only as their own race. And that's something that more of a Ku Klux Klan member would yeah, want. That's like true, keep the races pure. Supporters. Keep the races pure. Like that's what that's fucking promoting. You're feeding into se- segregation and racism. It's just you went so far to the left that you're now going right. Okay, you did a complete fucking <laughs> U-turn. You're a goddamn. Moron. And Morgan Freeman says it best when someone brings up, Morgan. you don't like, 
You know, Morgan, Morgan Freeman, he basically, when someone says, oh, you don't like Black History Month? He goes, no, why would you limit my history to an entire month? I'm gonna, it's American history. It's American history. He was trying to blanket the whole thing, and yet everyone wants to keep trying to put borders on it. Like Adney said, it's... And that's what we talked about fucking, and, in February. It's, it's laying bricks. It's a bricklayer. You're yeah. a bricklayer. You need to fucking make a soup, homeboy. Start making soups. Quit laying bricks. That's all I'm saying. Uh, in February, when we talked about Black History Month, we talked about how the problem... Is that like yeah like I understand why you started Black History Month because you weren't talking about Black people and now you needed to talk about Black people because you were being racist before. Pendulum swing. Now you the need problem to do something. Isn't, but yeah, but at some point you have to stop just separating it and integrate it. Maybe if you were just better at telling history and you put all the Black parts in where they fucking are, which is every single part of American history. And quit being afraid you to make yourself in, look bad. You wouldn't have to separate it and put it into a corner of a month, the no. shortest month of the year. You could have hey, you it leap here, bro. And, and it's like it, it's stupid. <laughs> I think what it is is it's fear, man. Fear is the ingredients for separation and segregation. Fear is the whole and where's thing fucking, with it? Where's like, Latin History Month, motherfuckers? What happened to that? When's that coming? We'll give you like three days in May. <laughs> I think fear is the biggest basis for it. People are, people are afraid to, to mold together. People are so scared of anything different. And that's the biggest fucking problem. So this is this is a progressive podcast. Uh, that, that last... Uh, that was money. <laughs> Call me, I'm not man <laughs> Call me, then the party ain't gonna no fuck, party in the non-binary. Non-binary. Call me, then call me, then the party ain't gonna no fuck, party in the non-binary. The one thing that you pronounce in that whole entire song is my fucking name. I know, I love it. It's fun. You're part of the song now. So this week on fucking Stevie's non-binary book suggestion. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to suggest A People's History of the United States, 1492 to Present by Howard Zinn. Since its original landmark publication in 1980, A People's History of the United States has been chronicling American history from the bottom up, throwing out the official version of history taught in schools with its emphasis on great men in high places to focus on the street, the home, and the workplace. Known for its lively, clear prose, as well as its scholarly research, Zinn's A People History is the only volume to tell America's history from the point of view of and in words of its women, factory workers, African Americans, Native Americans, working poor, and immigrant laborers. Here we learn that many of our country's greatest battles, labor laws, women's rights, racial equality, were carried out at the grassroots level against bloody resistance. Revived and updated with new chapters on Clinton's presidency, the 2000 election, and the war on terrorism, A People's History of the United States features insightful analysis of the most important events in America's history. And that's going to end it for the Alcoholicast. Makes me mad. That was surprisingly, like, connected to what we were just talking about. I'm glad I picked that book. And that's going to end it for the Alcoholicast. You can find us all on Instagram and on Facebook at the Alcoholicast. 
You can find me on Facebook at Stevie Oxbergacy and on Instagram at the last bibliophile. But mainly, I've just been using the alcoholic ass page. I haven't even used my book account. Seriously. I've just been having fun on the alcoholic ass page. I made that little thing of Adney's quote. Yeah, you're kind of failing And he's like, Batman would fucking free so many fucking slaves. So I, I made a post with... Abraham Lincoln wearing a Batman mask. <laughs> You're kind of failing your other listeners. Just saying. My book, or, I my mean your other account, followers. My book count listeners. Yeah. Sometimes the alcoholic ass is more important, man. You know what I mean? How'd you get 3,000 followers? 3,600 followers. Whatever. whatever it's, Fuck, not... it's, it's a niche, but whatever. I mean, it's not going to make me any money. The alcoholic ass is not going to make me any money, but it's it makes me happy. This makes me happy. And you find us all here, non-binary. You know what non-binary. I mean? We're all sitting here. Adney over there, he's a Zim. I don't know. I want to tell Adney's race. Or not race, but uh, Adney's fucking sad. How dare you? No, how dare you just... Say it, say it, Adney. Ah! Okay. Assume my yeah. gender? How dare, ah! you, how, dare, how dare you assume my non-binaryness? My binaryness. so against saying any of that that he doesn't know what to say when he wants to say it. Like, it's so fucking bad. I got distracted. Chris, are you binary, non-binary, uh, non-homosexuality or whatever? Why don't you say some shit, huh? I'm definitely binary. That's why I couldn't say anything because I knew that my stance would become a thing. And I'm not trying to be the thing, okay? I don't always want to be the thing. Oh, let's feature hey, Chris. He's your the bald thing. head is totally oh, non-binary. He's the I swear thing. to God, he's I swear. Thing. Oh yeah, my bald. You know I mean, like, oh, 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 so you, you, you can. You can accept people that aren't bald, but you can't accept someone that had a sex change. Okay, that makes sense. Well, I accept everybody, including people who have bald sex changes. <laughs> like when they, you know, when they like take their bald uh, sex changes. Yeah, it's when like you have hair and like you tell somebody, I don't want, I want to be non-binary hair-wise. Like Adam said that. Hair-wise. They shaved his head. <laughs> you know I mean? That's so ridiculous. Dude, you know what my favorite <laughs> drug is? The most non-binary drug? A cocaine, Chris. Cocaine's non-binary. Cocaine's the greatest drug. I'm not a big fan of cocaine. Cocaine is the greatest drug. I will support the legalization of marijuana because someone personally in my life, they had these uncontrollable seizures. The pharmaceutical companies were not (laughs) helping. But as soon as you start smoking weed in Colorado. (laughs) Smoking mirrors? Because I only started started doing it when it was legal in the state of Colorado. I got a little high myself. (laughs) I'm a little high right now. I'll tell you something. The G... the juice? <laughs> but you're about to say that juice! Oh my fucking god, you almost CBD, got... CBD. That's not what I got to say. I don't thought it It helped the seizure stop. It's a miracle, I tell you that right now. We, You know why they don't make it weed? Because it would put all the lumber companies out of business. That's why. Conspiracy. <laughs> Hashtag Adam Lee. End of interview. <laughs>